to it <laughs> hi everyone i just told an inappropriate joke this is the memory machine a historical pop cultural anecdotal podcast i am your host nathaniel lockhart and i have here with me today across the room is introduce yourself oh, not, I thought you no, were no, not, not the disembodied voice you jeff i am jeff pavlock hi jeff what's going on man good not to be much, back. good to much. be back it's been a while what are your credentials uh, well, let's see. I've been with the Geekiverse now for over four years. I am our Nintendo uh, aficionado. Also, professional wrestling is what I cover for the Geekiverse, but especially Kaiju. Mm-hmm. Good. You're hired. <laughs> uh, disembodied voice, who are you? My name is Aaron Lockhart. Hi. Hi, Aaron. He's my brother. Brother to the host. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Nepotism. Uh, I no, don't really but, have any credentials. That's okay, uh, but <laughs> don't worry because he uh, he he knows a lot about the topic because uh, we grew up with this and we consumed it to a high degree. Uh, let's see. So today, you see, normally uh, I haven't done this for the past few podcasts, but normally we do a week in geek, talking about what happens in the week in history, uh, you know, geek wise. But uh, honestly. Um, this topic is just too big and it can't contain itself. But you know what? Actually, here. Here you go. You want something? Yeah, sure. Uh, May 4th, 20 years ago, uh-huh. Smash Mouth released All-Star. Ah. <laughs> not a... I don't know if that's geeky. It's not geeky. It isn't I... geeky at all. It's not where I thought you were going to go with it. <laughs> it's, it's just kitsch. <laughs> at this point, it's not even a real... Uh, it, I mean, it's what was it even then? Alternative? Punk, like yeah, that's light punk. I, I don't really know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I just know it's. Uh, I just know it's in Shrek. Mm-hmm. <laughs> how yep. would um, Aaron? How would you classify All Star by Smash Mouth? What, what, um, what genre would you affix it? Doesn't it like transcend genre? <laughs> <laughs> I guess uh, some would consider so. It's burned to our minds forever. And uh, I'll light a flame to it after this podcast is over. Um, so, uh, yeah. How about that Godzilla? He's a good dude. He's a good dude. Aaron? Uh, yeah, good dude. Um, big fan. All right. So, <laughs> I like him, too. Now, if you guys were like to... What's Godzilla's elevator pitch? Like, if you are to say someone is coming out from under a rock... And they don't know what Godzilla is. First, you explain to them what movies are, and then you explain, "Here's what Godzilla is." What What do you guys say? Oh man, where do you start? Um, He's an irradiated lizard. Okay, yeah, right, sort of. Not even really a lizard. A dragon. Eh, a dragon well, dinosaur thing, I suppose. Slash demon. I mean, it depends. It depends on what era you're talking about. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> this better be a long elevator ride. <laughs> um, no, but uh, I, I guess you'd say he's an irradiated dragon, irradiated by H bomb testing, and he is sometimes scourge of Japan, other times friend of Japan, fighting other monsters. 
Is that about su- sum it up? Yeah, that should be fine. Does yeah, that, that sound right? <laughs> yeah, sometimes they put analogies onto him. I, I don't know. But we'll get into that. Um, so, at, uh, Godzilla, he's been in, let's see, 29 movies? 29 live-action Toho movies. Yes. Right? I believe yes. that's... Between now and 1954. 65 years. Span, we have 29 live-action Toho movies. Right. Three Toho animated features. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have uh, two American movies. One was uh, not so good. One was better. And another one on the way. We have a sweet, yes. a, a sweet bouncing baby movie on the way. <laughs> and uh, let's see. Is there anything else? I think that's it in terms of his movies. I guess there's that one fan movie, Godzilla vs. the Wolfman, but we don't need to talk about that. Or Godzilla um, vs. Bambi. Godzilla vs. Bambi. Mm-hmm. He's been the subject of, of many parodies. He's been in commercials and and toys and, uh, of course, you know, DVDs and, and VHS tapes of these movies and laser discs, of which I have one. And Which one is that? Uh, Godzilla vs. the Smog Monster. Ah. Uh, it's, it's very special. It's a very special laser disc. Oh, and I have Godzilla 1985 on laser disc. Um, it's very special because um, it is the AIP version of it titled Godzilla vs. the Smog Monster. The one you can get now is only called Godzilla vs. Hedera. Right. And that is the international, Toho International English version. Whereas this was like specifically an American cut. They dubbed over the Save the Earth song and they gave it English lyrics. Um, what? Yeah. Oh, yeah. No. yeah. It has English lyrics. Have you not seen this? That's sacrilegious. Yeah. Oh my God. You need to listen to this. Uh, wow. but, 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 it, but it's the highest deaf version of that movie uh, that you can legally own. <laughs> Is on Laserdisc. Same thing with Godzilla 1985. It's the highest. It's the highest def version of that movie that you can legally own. Now, do you have Godzilla 1985 or Return of Godzilla? I have both. Okay. I have 85 on tape and Laserdisc, and I have Return of Godzilla on DVD. Gotcha. If I'm not mistaken, Aaron, you have the Blu-ray, don't you? I do. Yeah. Have that one. Yeah. Godzilla movies have such a strange like publication release histories <laughs> oh my gosh yes <laughs> they it's, really do it's so it's so weird i mean and i'm sure we'll get into this right now uh how did we come to godzilla what 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 uh birthed this fascination with an h-bomb metaphor um uh jeff tell us what's your history with the big g well, the earliest memory was sometime little three or four year old me walking around in Toys R Us with my parents, and I saw the VHS of King Kong versus Godzilla, mm-hmm. and it was love at first sight. Yeah, we went home, we watched it, loved Godzilla. Loved God. I mean, I like King Kong too, but Godzilla just really won my heart over, and the rest is history. Yeah, did was it the one with like, like King Kong versus Godzilla's in like purple and yellow text? In purple and yellow block letters or something. Yeah, I'm not yeah. remembering the font. I, am, I I'm remembering them two in the background. There's mountains underneath them. A bunch of people. Yeah. Um, uh-huh. What do you call it? The main character's sister is one of the women running in the yeah. front. And it's funny. King Kong's stance is like he's kind of like got his finger up, like he's pointing like the number one sign up. Yeah. Gosh. <laughs> <laughs> so I think we are thinking of the same VHS yes, cover. Yes. It's, it's yes. Absolutely. I, I've seen that in countless video stores. 
Uh, how, how did you watch the movies growing up? Did you uh, just vit through video rentals and that kind of a thing? Yeah, it was trips to Blockbuster, um, lots of recording or just watching them on the TNT, Sci-Fi Channel, mm-hmm. um, whatever. Fest. Uh, what do you call it? A- I think AMC used to show them from yeah, time to time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that would those would be the nights where my parents would let me let you know let me actually stay up late to watch a movie with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Aaron, I'm sure you remember those cable. Godzilla showings. Oh yeah, I remember we had, I think four different movies taped on from the Sci-Fi Channel. Peter mm-hmm. Boyle did a did a whole Godzilla marathon. He hosted it, and he kind of gave a little spoil before each movie. Looking back on it, it's very strange. Yes, <laughs> that is wonderful. Actually, I yeah. would love to have seen that. Yeah, there's some clips on YouTube that you can that you can see. I mean, we have yeah. a couple of the tapes um, up there that we taped from the Sci-Fi Channel uh, and Stomp Fest '98. Oh, yes. wow! And and I think their reasoning for having Peter Boyle host it was because he played a, the monster in Young Frankenstein. So he's right. like, oh well, you played a green monster. <laughs> So Godzilla is a green monster, right? He's kind of gray, really. But, but, and so that was a justification. But he would talk about having played the monster, and at the time I'd never seen Young Frankenstein, so I didn't know what he was talking about. And I was like, wait, was he Godzilla? Like, what? What is he doing here? It, I think I probably thought the same thing at the time. It was very it was, confusing. Yes, I mean he's he's like introducing the movies. He's walking around a set of you know, buildings, like miniature buildings. Yeah. And introducing the movie and yeah, it's strange. Yeah, yeah. He yeah, it, it is it is very weird. We also have um well well how did it start with us, Aaron? It started with um King Kong it started with the King Kong versus Godzilla, did it not? It did, yeah. Yeah. Uh yeah. and I believe you watched it more often than I did with uh with Mandy. <laughs> I believe so. Yeah, <laughs> when you we were a little kid, we when we were little kids, uh, we would go over to uh, to a friend of our mom's house and watch King King Kong versus Godzilla a lot. Right, and, and but it was it was taped off of the Disney Channel. Yep, <laughs> yep. Because uh, can believe uh, that. Yeah, because back in the day, uh, Disney Channel was starved for programming, so they didn't have like the rope. I mean, you think of Disney Channel now, you know, you think of uh, I guess if you're of a certain age, you think of like Kim Possible or Bug Juice or the mm-hmm. Disney Channel original movies or any number of sitcoms that they put out recently. Like, I don't know, uh, Wizards of Waverly Place. That's one of them, right? Dog yeah. with a Blog. Yeah. Uh-huh. That's another one. It is. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Glad, glad, I, glad I was able to pull that out. Um, but back then, they, they didn't have that. I mean, their original programming was limited to Welcome to Pooh Corner, which was... Loved it. Which was, which was people in in like Pooh Bear costumes, but in front of a camera. And do you remember this, Jeff? No, no you don't remember this. I, oh man! My my only like my earliest memories of Disney Channel go back a co- or go a few years further with like the Timon and Pumbaa spinoff TV show. Oh yeah, where it's yeah, just yeah. like a sketch comedy of Timon and Pumbaa. Yes. I used to watch that before I went to school every morning. Yep, I remember that. I remember that. But they had that. They also had Dumbo Circus. You remember that one, Aaron? 
maybe <laughs> Dumbo Circus sees an elephant fly. Um, but uh, <laughs> but yeah, we we had we had King Kong versus Godzilla taped off of the Disney Channel, and you know it, we you, we still have that tape. It's well worn at this point because we watched right. it so many times. Right. But I do love at the end. It's like uh, it's like it, it'll show you like what ha- what's next on the Disney Channel, and it's like Zorro followed by like garth brooks coming home special and it's yeah disney channel was a it was in a very weird time it didn't it it, it was not the channel that you know today before disney right. took over the world oh yeah oh yeah before like when they were almost like bought out at a certain <laughs> point if you could imagine um we also had uh terror of mecha godzilla taped off of tnt you remember that one aaron I think I remember that. I I definitely watched King Kong versus Godzilla the most. Yeah. 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 I just remember um the Terror Mecha Godzilla was taped off a of TV and they had the Blue Oyster Cult Godzilla song over like one of the promos. And I you, you remember this, Jeff, too, don't you? I, I see you nodding accordingly. Mm-hmm. Um also the fun thing with that tape is that we taped it in nineteen ninety four, so it has like Get ready for the 1994 Cable Ace Awards. Oh, man. <laughs> Which is quite a signifier. If ever there was one. Um, and, and You remember Aaron renting movies at, like, Wegmans back in the day? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's where we rented our first Godzilla movie, which was Godzilla vs. Monster Zero. <laughs> that's That's the first one I can remember renting was that one. Yeah, yeah. That was an early early one for me too. So it just just, apparently that was one of the ones that every Godzilla fan watched first. Well, yeah, it's got a few dragon in it. Why wouldn't you? Um, (laughs) And 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 also for me and Aaron, our we have a we have a uncle who uh, was really into this stuff, and uh, he encouraged our our continued devotion to to Godzilla. Like, uh, we would tell him all about this stuff, and he would tell us crazy things like, you know, in Japan, the the ending of King Kong vs. Godzilla was different. Oh, yes. Which, which we all know was wrong now, but back then it was harder to verify. Right. <laughs> um, and then he would tell us, too, about things like, you ever heard of Ultraman? I'm like, Ultraman? What? What's that? Uh, I was or, pretty single-minded with it, though. Like, I yeah. really cared about Godzilla. Yeah, it was kind of the same way. <laughs> but... Uh, but yeah, and he would tell us all all about these different these different movies that uh, we'd never seen, um, like Son of Godzilla. I remember sounding very exotic at the time, like "Whoa, Son of Godzilla, weird." Godzilla yeah. has a son. Yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah, I, I'd say that 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 sort of sums up our our love of Godzilla and our, and our beginnings with it. We we got the um, the Heisei movies when they came out in the nineties on tape. Saw Godzilla '98 in the theaters uh, several times, just do yep. just do out of the sheer novelty of being able to watch a Godzilla movie in the theater, mm, right. which is something that we had never really had a chance to do. Saw Godzilla 2000 in the theater, yep, with the big cheesy "the end" question mark at the end. <laughs> did you yeah. Did you see that one in the theater, Jeff? I actually did not. Oh, you didn't? No, I did oh, not man. see it. I had a little bit of a lapse. Uh, with Godzilla Love as a kid, and then you know mm. I was like what maybe eleven, twelve. Once I got back into it, and ever since then, I, it's never really left. But there was there were a couple years in my childhood where it, it, I didn't sway them off or anything. It just it just wasn't you know the big thing like it was when I was younger. 
So I did not see Godzilla 2000, unfortunately. And oh, plus, boy. It, too cool for school. Well, no. It, the other thing is, too, I would have been like 10 years old back then. So it's not like I'm driving myself to the movie theater like mm. I am now. That would have been a kid. You know, I, I had to ask my mom or dad to take me. A- Aaron, you were 10 years old, right? Um, maybe 11. 1999? Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. We, we definitely made our dad drive us there. <laughs> and he watched it with us. I remember very distinctly in the theater for that movie. That was also the first time Japan had done Godzilla in CG when he's swimming. Yes. Yeah. And just, right. and they're like, Whoa, the Toho is actually doing CG now. Weird. Uh, but anyway, it's not good. <laughs> no, it's not. It's like most CG of that era. Yeah, it's well, aged very poorly. It wasn't even good back then. No, that's true. No. Oh man, no. dude. Have, I don't know. The quick sidebar. Have you guys ever, when was the last time you guys watched the 98 American Godzilla? It's been a while. Oh man, yeah, it's been a long time. Yeah, yeah. I I watched it again a few years ago with a fellow Geekiverse member Seth Zelinsky, uh-huh. and oh my god, the CGI is horrendous. It is so so bad. It, they just don't. It doesn't look like it belongs in the same world as everything else. And I mean, like just a ima- like one of, one of the things they did to kind of hide the fact that it was CGI back then was it was just the whole movie rain. was based in rain. <laughs> just imagine then without the rain, what it would probably look like. Oh yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, you can see what it looks like because eventually they go into um, uh, Madison Square Garden. Oh God! And there's no rain to obscure it there. Okay, well though... they, they they try they try to hide it in like darkness, you know. But there are some shots where, like they can't get away from it. Like they have to show you, and it looks awful, 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 awful. Uh, particularly a scene where like they're like all the little Godzilla babies are like slipping on gumballs or something. Yeah, they remember that. Up. Yeah, the, yeah, I remember <laughs> yeah. that part. <laughs> Just go watch that scene. It's bad, kids. It's bad. Um, so let's pull back. We're going back way back to 1954. 1954 in Japan. The economy is finally building up a little bit again after the devastation of World War II. And there is this fishing boat that is going, uh, you know, doing its normal tuna, its, um, its tuna fishing, going out for the catch of the day. And th- this boat is called the Daigo Fukuryu Maru, or the Lucky Dragon Number 5. And sure enough, while, it, while they are out there, there is testing, American testing of an H-bomb happening within the vicinity on Bikini Atoll, uh, the Castle Bravo H-bomb drops. And the fallout, the radius, the blast radius, hits the uh, the Lucky Dragon number five. And it's hit with tons of nuclear fallout. Uh, they, they, they called it, they said at the time, they described it as being uh, layered with death ash. Because it's just all this this ash that they could just pick, pick up and, and scoop and put into buckets or throw off board. And uh, a lot of the crew got terribly sick, and and one person died from it. Uh, Japan swore that it would be the last death ever from a nuclear bomb, which so far has been the case. <laughs> Lord willing, it stays that way. But this was a big deal in Japan. This it was a national tragedy. Uh, it, it, it created a lot of uh, fervor and, and furor out from the Japanese public. It really brought, um, it, it, it sort of unwillingly forced the Japanese public t- to look at the devastation of the atomic bomb again, you know, after they had just gotten over it. Now here it is again, and they're already falling victim to it again. 
and yeah, it was a big deal, and it, you know, it, it really hurt uh, American relations with Japan, of course. Uh, in fact, America tried to downplay it for a long time, saying like, "Oh no, no, no! It's it's it was the boat's fault for for being too close," <laughs> and uh, which uh, you can imagine how well that went over. Um, it didn't, and eventually, they the American government paid two point three million dollars to the uh, to the people who were on the Lucky Dragon boat, which I guess is good. That they finally owned up to it. Two point three million dollars was a heck of a lot more back then than it is today. So, uh, 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 if you think well, two point three million dollars, that would be enough to cover their medical bills. Well, different times. Um, but uh, th- this was big in 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 the minds of movie producers at the time too. You know? And sure enough, uh, there was uh, a couple movies in production of this incident. One of which was going to be. A um, one of which was going to be sort of a docudrama, kind of going over the event, but they kind of waited for a little bit. But something that was more immediate was Godzilla. Mm, how, how would you put this? How, 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 what would you say is sort of like the impetus? How do you go from Lucky Dragon to the bomb to Godzilla? Are you talking like from Toho's perspective? Or from like the director's perspective? Oh, um, yeah, that's a, that's a good question. Um, I think maybe what they were, they, they want to represent the horror of the atomic bomb, but they don't want something necessarily on the nose. Yeah. So maybe they, they take, they take a creature yeah. who can represent the same kind of destruction, but there is a there's like a character to it of sorts there's there's a personality to it in a way mm-hmm. it's so mm-hmm. when you see it you don't necessarily think just atomic bomb it it is it does have its own individuality yeah it has its own you know maybe backstory to it yeah i i liked um i, w- I watched the criterion edition of godzilla of this original 1954 film it has a really uh, interesting couple of special features interviewing the suit designer mm-hmm. and people who worked with Eiji Tsuburaya, who was in charge of the special effects for the movies. And he's talking about how, you know, we gave him a radiated skin, you know, or like this kind of, you know, this, this bumpy rashy looking skin. Uh, and we, we made his face look kind of craggy. Originally he had a face that looked almost like a mushroom cloud, which they straight away from, cause they, they couldn't make it look not silly. Right. <laughs> so, but, uh, but one thing that he mentioned is they said that, even though, like, the rest of him looks kind of familiar, like a familiar monster. It's not super alien. Right. But something that is really, truly unsettling about that original Godzilla design is that it has a leer to it. Like, a like it has a human stare. Uh, his eyes don't look monstrous. They look human. Yeah. In a very creepy way. Mm-hmm. And that is definitely intentional. Um, I, I can't say for sure what the subtext of that is. Um, perhaps, uh, you know, the, the fact that, like, sort of we wrought this upon ourselves kind of a thing. Like, we deserve Godzilla in some way because, you know, humankind has done this. Uh, right. I was going to say that earlier. Like, he's. They've kind of. Uh, chosen this creature to represent the horrors of the bomb, mm-hmm. but they're not. 
using it in a way to uh, remove blame for the bomb from humanity because right. they say, you know, they say in the movie that we created it. Yeah. Right. You know? And so, you know, the, the plot of the movie is this, is, is that, uh, uh, Godzilla is something, you know, he, he just shows up one day, blasts a boat, uh, go figure. <laughs> he blasts a fishing boat. Um, people immediate, don't immediately know what to do about it. They, they're not really sure what it is. They don't want to confirm or deny that it's a monster that's doing this. Um, uh, which I, I guess you could say is mirrored in Shin Godzilla. There, there's a lot of mirrors there, but mm. we won't talk about that. <laughs> uh, that's not for later. Um, and slowly but surely, like he, Godzilla makes more appearances and, until he shows up at an island in which you know, these islanders say, like, oh my gosh, that's that's the god we fear. He's he's real. He's here. Like uh, They seem almost as surprised as everyone else does, you know. Um and Godzilla just goes on a terrible rampage throughout Tokyo. They try to stop it through a number of methods, all of which fail. Uh, he's impervious to pretty much everything. Until Dr. Serizawa invents a special oxygen bomb, which depletes all the oxygen from uh, ocean life, strips them down to their bones, and then dissolves them completely. Um, that's what happened. I mean, and, and then the other side, there's Dr. Yamane who doesn't want that to happen and wants to somehow keep Godzilla around for study, if at all possible. And there's sort of that dynamic going back and forth. They find like, Hey, you know, like, should we really kill this thing immediately? Is there something we, is there some way we can keep it for study? Uh, and eventually, I mean, sure enough, they just can't, they can't sustain the losses anymore. And they, Kill Godzilla. Dr. Serizawa kills himself in the process uh, in hopes to make sure that no one else gets their hands on the bomb. That's a very simplified plot of the movie. Uh, there's a lot of themes that happen in there. There's a lot of conversations that are really deep and don't have easy answers. You, you know, because Dr. Serizawa doesn't want to use it. He has this bomb, but he doesn't want to use it. He doesn't want anybody to know about it. You know, he's trying desperately to find, is there some way we can use this for good at all? There's some possible way that this won't be used as a horrible weapon. You know, they have to beg. He won't even tell anybody about it. The only person he tells is Emiko, right? Mm -hmm. And he, he he's, he's hoping that, that she won't breed word of it to anybody. You know, she says, you got to swear in your life you won't tell anybody. But then after Emiko just sees death after death, and that's another thing about this movie, is there it doesn't shy away from the death and the damage. A lot of other monster movies around this time would probably show something maybe off screen or show something on screen, but it would kind of just be a shot and then gone. You see the aftermath, you know? Um, you see people in uh, shelters, you know, burnt, like with radiation burns, with uh, who are dying. There's one point, like, where you see, like, a mother and her children cowering in a corner. Oh, that one's brutal. Yeah, and they're just like, don't worry, we'll soon be with dad now. And you're just like, holy crap. <laughs> like, this, like, that's, that's really, really uh, dark mm -hmm. in a way that no other monster movie or sci-fi movie or any movie was breaching at that time uh it, it was a really i mean with really dark themes 
there's definitely I, I think Godzilla kind of gets this rap now of being these corny monster movies and there's totally that element sure <laughs> like, oh, especially like later on holy cow we'll get to it yeah it definitely exists but i mean it's still there's still um a horror aspect to mm. godzilla i mean especially in the first one but i mean you also get bits of it later on there's human violence like human on human violence mm-hmm. um uh i mean there's just even just some of the cinematography especially in the the first movie there's just these like beautiful haunting shots of mm-hmm. godzilla trudging through a burning tokyo yeah where it's just it's just straight horror and i think a lot of people don't realize that that was part of godzilla's beginnings yeah I mean, for me personally, the sequence of him breaking through the barrier of electrical towers is one of my all-time favorite movie scenes oh. ever. Because in that moment, that's the that's the moment that solidifies that whatever human technology exists outside of the oxygen destroyer completely futile against him. Yeah, like, that's the moment where you know humanity in Tokyo is completely lost. There's nothing you can do to stop this force of nature. Right. There's no, um, it doesn't even break his skin. Right. He just walks on like it's nothing. Yeah, uh, he doesn't mm-hmm. stop. He does. It doesn't even slow him down. You know, they they have a line of cannon fire that doesn't do anything to him. And then that that's also then the very first time we get to see his atomic breath. Mm-hmm. Although that's a, that, you know that that like white spray is not what it would go on to become. But that is the first time we see his iconic breath weapon, which I learned recently through watching those little documentary bits. In, uh, in the Criterion DVD is that a lot of those white spray shots where, you know, like where he breathes fire and it's white spray, that's real fire. Did you know that? I, I did not know yeah. that, no. They they wired a, um, a uh, like a pipe uh-huh. to go out uh, the, the top of the mouth and it, it shot real fiery flames. It doesn't look like that because of it, it doesn't look how, like, sh- shooting propane flames out like that doesn't look how you think it will look. Yeah. But it's real fire. <laughs> I also never would have even thought that because then in, like, Godzilla versus Mothra and Ghidorah the Three-Headed Monster, he kind of has that, like, whitish, whitish spray for his atomic breath in a lot of scenes. And I always yeah. thought that it was just the same thing, just in black and white. Yeah. So I never put two and two together that yeah. th- those are real you know, mm-hmm. real flames. Oh yeah, and apparently, like Haru Nakajima was like terrified. Oh, the whole I'm sure. Time. He was just like, I That's... can't. Like, he, like they tried to like put PVC pipe in front of them, but it fogged up and he couldn't see. So he just he just closed his eyes really tight in the suit and looked away. That would have scared the crap out of me. <laughs> it, Are you kidding? I would insane. hope he got paid very well. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I mean, Haru Nakajima is uh, is a legend. Uh, right. He lived a very long life. He only died like what two years ago. Yeah, it was uh, 2017. Right. Yeah, yeah. But uh, man, this he went through hell for that movie. Uh, yeah, and for many more. Yeah, right. I mean, I I love the story too about how they had like these corks in the bottom of the suit because it was so heavy and it got so hot that he would sweat so much that you just unplug the cork and let the sweat drain out. <laughs> like it's they. Oh, God. Yeah. Like these movies weren't um, again, Aaron. You were saying like they kind of have like this cheesy reputation, but there's so much care and hard, hard work. 
put into that first movie, and it shows. Yeah, those suit actors got the crap kicked out of them. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, you hear about, too, like in Godzilla, or Mothra versus Godzilla, where, like, the suit, the suit's head catches fire, and it's like, he actually got, like, uh, burns from that, like, mm-hmm. second-degree burns. It's And they kept it. Yeah, they, they kept, kept it in the movie. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's right there in the movie. Same I with don't the... know why, but... Same yeah. with Terror Mecha Godzilla. His entire spine, like his dorsal spines, yeah. catch on fire at one point. There's a very lengthy shot of Godzilla running, and his yeah. entire back is on fire. And they kept it all in there. Like, like what? What was the suit actor, you know, thinking in that boy, moment? I'll bet they didn't have a union. <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, another aspect too that I want to touch on about about the, the original Godzilla movie is like this is so dark. It's so dire it's so hopeless like dr yamane you know as i said like he really wants to study godzilla and at the end of the movie like he knows this this oxygen destroyer because not only does it not only does it like suffocate right but it also dissolves and so it just completely eradicates any trace of godzilla there was and it's almost like this was all for nothing Right. We went through this. We suffered this for no good reason. You know, like nothing matters. Nothing means anything. We're all going to die. That's <laughs> that's the message at the end of Godzilla, and you know, I mean, that's that's dark. It's nihilistic. Yeah. It's um. Well, same with yeah. like Sirizawa too. You think about like his character arc. It's. Yeah. He's this obviously brilliant scientist, and the greatest thing he ever created, his magnum opus, so to say, mm-hmm. is something that he's borderline ashamed of because of how destructive it is. Like right. he can't even really be proud of his life's work, yeah. and that's why he has to die with it. Right? Like how incredibly j- full of dread that is. Yeah, and when you see too, man, the, the scene where he starts, where, where they're they're having the uh, Emiko. The other guy, I forget his name, and Sarazawa, they're all having the conversation about, like, you know, you have to use this weapon. You have to do it. Look at this destruction. And then once he sees the destruction, he gets really, he gets, like, really um, sullen. And and he just goes over and starts burning his notes. Right. And at that moment, Emiko knows he's going to do it, and he's probably going to take himself with it. Exactly. <laughs> and, it's, and she starts sobbing. Oh, it's it's gut wrenching. I, I never, I never caught that that was the moment. I never really. No, that never really hit me. No, I'll have to rewatch that. Yeah, it's uh, I the, the North Park Theater showed it recently here in Buffalo, and I was able to catch the Sunday show, uh, and so it I. It, I, I had it hit me full force. It was a, on a giant right. screen, and I couldn't look away. Uh, oh, there was no was no sure. phone distraction there. Yeah. Um, this film was huge. Everyone in Japan saw it. I think it was one of the highest grossing films ever in Japan at that point, if not the highest grossing film in Japan. And, you know, p- people overseas saw this and said, hey, you know, we could, you know, it's such a big deal over there. Maybe it could be a big deal over here. Uh, in America, especially at that time, the only foreign movies we would get would be French films mostly, some European. Some, I mean, we would get German films a little bit up until like uh, the Nazi era, and then we stopped getting German films, and we didn't pick it up again after World War II. 
Um, so, and foreign films were not really a big thing in the United States. There were some Japanese films that had come out in the United States prior to Godzilla. Notably, I believe Rashomon got a release, but it was in like three theaters in New York City. Mm-hmm. So how many people really saw it? Right. And it was, I mean, it was subtitled. It was sort of just, you know, here, slap the subtitles on, get it out. Do you know if Seven Samurai was getting like an international release at that point, or was it still a few years away? It, uh, Samurai, Samurai was what, 57? When no, I think 54. Out? I think 54. it was the same year as Gojira. It, it might have gotten a similar Rashomon-style release. Okay, just very, very limited. Yeah, very limited. Right. But Godzilla was different. Uh, certain producers kind of got together, and uh, uh, what's the guy's name? I want to make sure, because I, I do have it on here somewhere. Listen to the paper of my notes. Uh, <laughs> well, there was obviously some interest in it, probably from, like, whatever joe levine oh, okay that's him gotcha. joe levine I, I maybe won't continue with this then <laughs> there go go for it what were well, you gonna say like with um what do you call it uh them beast from Twenty Thousand yeah. fathoms uh-huh. Is uh-huh. There, you know, maybe they're saying hey there's this is a very well-made monster movie maybe yeah. we can you know capitalize on the success of these other movies which those movies are good too actually oh, they are. if one, you haven't seen uh 20 beast from Twenty Thousand fathoms or them they're good movies they, they don't they're not they don't have as much to say in such a heavy tone as Godzilla does, but they do have things to say and they're interesting and the special effects, especially, you know, we live in a digital world. I feel like people of our age are, um, are, are more fascinated by the tangible than perhaps, you know, the generation just before us. We're just like, Ooh, that thing's real cool. You know, like, uh, do check out Beast from 20,000 Fathoms and Them. They're both very interesting movies and they're worth your time. Ray Harryhausen was a genius. Oh, God. I love every single movie he ever worked on. It just blows my mind what he was able to create with such limited technology. J- Jason and the Argonauts. Yeah. Oh. But but that'll be for another time. Yes, yes. <laughs> that we could do for, a for whole the Harry- other <laughs> memory machine. For the uh, Harryhausen uh memory machine i will be here for that one if there you ever you do it oh yes yes you will aaron you're gonna be here or you're not that big of a harry house uh, that's all good nate <laughs> okay that's fine you we, and don't, me. That's we, all don't need, we don't need you aaron uh but yeah joe levine uh, got wind of it and he saw it in a japanese theater in a japanese american theater uh because it, it, it did reach release there first in 1954 uh, Godzilla was shown in the United States, but only in Japanese, no subtitles, and uh, you know was shown in areas where there were a lot of Japanese immigrants. Probably out uh, west, right? Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. California, California area, right? And uh, Joe Levine saw it, and he just thought, "Wow, this is this is special. This is something above and beyond." So I think he had Empire Films. I think was the name of no Embassy. Embassy Productions was the name of his company. He got together with some other people, some other producers, and formed Transworld Productions. It's very weird. The legal doings of Godzilla, King of the Monsters, as it would, as the American version would come to be known, is very weird. There's Embassy Pictures. There's Transworld Productions. There's Godzilla Releasing Corps. It's it's weird and I don't understand it. <laughs> I tried to make best sense of it as I could for the podcast, but uh, this is as good as I can understand it. So they formed Transworld, and they actually put the money together to say, okay, 
instead of just putting subtitles on it, what if we dubbed it? Like, what if we actually hired voice actors to dub over it? And we'll get uh, an American actor, and we'll film wraparound scenes. And they do that. They get Raymond Burr. They get a few other actors here and there to like act as like interpreters for Raymond Burr. Perry Mason himself. Perry Mason himself. That's right. Uh, it's, it's the show I watch when I can't fall asleep. <laughs> um, but uh, he does an admirable job in the movie, honestly. Uh, I, the Criterion Edition has Godzilla King of the Monsters on it, as well as the original Godzilla. And it has a commentary track that's very enlightening and shows how... You know, people think of the King of the Monsters cut as sort of a bastardization of of the original movie. And he says that's not really that's that's not quite accurate. Because I think you can tell in the extra footage that they shot that they they take the material seriously. They aren't goofing on it. They're they're straying from hyperbole. And uh the dubbing is decent. It really is. It's not bad. You don't remember any bad, anything like that. I mean, by comparison, if you want to see a bad, if you want to see a hatchet job, watch Godzilla Raids again, you know, or, or nay, Gigantus the Fire Monster, you know, that is a hatchet job, you know. Uh, banana oil, you might say. Banana, yes. Oh, I'm sorry. I had to do it. <laughs> I had to do it. Ugh. But, uh, yeah, it's uh, George Takei dub, dubbed in that one. Um, I've, it, no, I agree, though, about, like, King of the Monsters. Like, it, I feel like they took it seriously. They respected its very poignant tone. Yeah. Like, yeah. They, they were trying to emulate the same feeling of dread and it's just that somber mood that Gojira had. Yeah. Like, even the very last shot of raymond burr uh, on the boat or you know mm-hmm. what is supposed to be the boat he's not celebrating either he's no. just as stoic and as sullen as the japanese actors were right yeah and it ends you know of course the end foot like godzilla stomping you mm-hmm. know it, it really isn't that bad of a cut now they do soften it i feel like i feel like the devast um it's not uh, it's not as bleak yeah of a film as godzilla is I could be wrong, but like I think they kept like for example that same shot of the mother and her two children, right. but they don't even dub her over, and there's no subtitles. Right, she's just speaking in Japanese, and if you don't know Japanese, you have no idea what she's saying. Right, right, and they don't even show her dying, so you right. don't even know if she dies or not, yeah. or if the kids die. It's it's not it's not known. Mm-hmm. They also, I, I, I believe a lot of like the uh, scenes in the shelters with mm-hmm. the victims. They're still there, but they're truncated. Sure. But on, yeah, honestly, it's it's not bad. No, it's, not at all. It's not a bad cut. I mean, I, the original cut is better, way better. You mm. should watch. That's the one you should watch if you're only going to watch one of these. But I, I think you'll be surprised by King of the Monsters. Right. Um, the reason I think it has that reputation, though, is that was the only version we had for so long. Sure. Um, yeah. It was only in 2004 that we finally got an American release of the original cut. That's a long time to go. Yeah, because I didn't watch it up until, you know, I was in my mid-late teens, I yeah. would say. I definitely didn't know what Gojira was growing up. Right. No, certainly not. I just remember reading in our Godzilla, we had a book called The Official Godzilla Compendium. I have the same exact <laughs> Did book. Did you really? <laughs> yes. <laughs> and it, it gave the, the run times for... Each original cut versus that. the American cut, 
and the the original cut for Gojira was like 20 minutes longer or something mm-hmm. than Sounds King right. of the Monsters, and I just remember thinking, what is on that extra 20 minutes that I didn't get to see? Yeah, and honestly, since that since the original cut was made available, I have not gone back and watched King of the Monsters. Yeah. I just and not completely out of uh, not not completely because I was like miffed that I missed the original for so long. I just I just haven't gone back. No, well, there's no real reason to. You know, there's no. Uh, it's merely just out of curiosity at this point. I mean, mm-hmm. or if you really, really like Raymond Burr. Yeah, I mean, he's he's a great actor. I don't know if you ever, you ever watch him in Pitfall. He's great in that movie. It's uh, it's a, it's a great movie, great noir. Check it out. Um, he plays a very creepy man in that movie. With a, he plays with a, a really creepy man in Rear Window. Oh yeah, he does. Yeah, I forgot about that. That's a great movie. You ever, you ever seen that one, Pablo? No. no. Oh, Rear Window's okay. good. Uh, see it in the theater if you can. Okay. Uh, North Park, I'm sure, will show it at some point. Put it on my list. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I mean, it was a big deal here, too, honestly. Like Godzilla King of the Monsters made a, a lot of money. Um, I mean, it made, I mean, Godzilla made such an impact that it kind of entered our lexicon. Even back then it did, uh, with the suffix Zilla, mm-hmm. you know, uh, the most common example being Bridezilla, you know. Yep. That's just something, it's just common nomenclature. Um. I always say, even if you've never seen a Godzilla movie, you know who he is. Right, exactly. I would argue he is the most iconic film figure, if not maybe the most iconic fictional figure of all time. Because mm. even if you've never seen any kind of production with him, you know who Godzilla is. Right, right. You walk down your street and you go to all your neighbors. Even if you don't know them, you just mention Godzilla, they, they have the yeah. image pop into their head. Yeah. You can't even do that with Luke Skywalker for everybody, I guarantee you. No, no, it might be true. I mean... Between him and King Kong, I would say those are arguably the yeah. two most iconic fictional figures of mm-hmm. all time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he's certainly up there. Um, Dracula's probably up there, too. Yep, that's a good yeah, one. Yeah, Dracula. But, yeah, it's funny how it's all monsters. Yeah, no, it, isn't it? definitely. Maybe, Frankenstein, maybe, although... Yeah, maybe cartoon characters like Mickey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you got them, too. But, but if you're not counting cartoon characters... Oh, this is a whole other topic. We yeah, I do. know. I like this. Yeah. Well, most I'm iconic lo- characters. I'm going to look into this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it was a big deal. And I mean, and Toho, of course, made a lot of money going back going back to Japan in sure. 1954. Um, they, uh, the, the guys who made the suits were, were talking on there, and they said, you know, no one believed what we were doing was worth any time. Uh, in fact, he said at, at Toho, they all made fun of us for working on the dumb dinosaur movie. That's fascinating. <laughs> Which wow. is crazy. Yeah. They're like, uh, yeah. look at you wasting your time on this dinosaur film. Um, God, looking back, you know, sixty-five years later, yeah, to hear that is and, and amazing. Like that, but they were talking too, like you were saying, like we nobody had done this before. We didn't know that we were too. doing. It's not like yeah. in the United States where we had we had had you know stop motion monster movies, or at the very least, put um, put dorsal fins on lizards and made them yeah. wrestle each uh, other, okay, <laughs> like I, a forty million BC or something like that. Uh yeah, there were a few movies that did that. The, yeah. One of the Lost World iterations did yeah, that. Yeah, uh just use lizards. Um, yeah, that was not cool. Yeah, no, no, no. Uh so like we at least had that. Like Japan had nothing. Right. Just, like except I, for I guess King Kong appears in Edo. 
you want to count that. Right. It's a, it was so long ago, and it was pre-war. So, now, yeah, nobody knew what they were doing. They were just like, I think this is how we do it. When was Creature from the Black Lagoon made, real quick? I'm not, I'm drawing a blank. Okay, I so I mean, like, that's probably the closest thing you get to suit. Like yeah, the suit and even actors. then, it's in America, sure. right? Yeah, right. and back then, it's it's not like they could look it up on the internet or they could, yeah. they could find out who did what. <laughs> yeah, that information they... was buried. Yeah, uh, Japan probably didn't even know what that was. No, they probably had never seen the movie. Right. I mean, they could have, but, but very unlikely. Oh yeah, um, they, I mean, they worked on the suit over and over again mm-hmm. uh, because they were just making it up as they went. <laughs> they were... Yeah, that was all unprecedented. Yeah. Uh, very impressive, but uh, but yeah. After after that came out and made a ton of money, Toho was like, "Oh man, we got to do that again." So like six months later, <laughs> there's uh, there's uh, Godzilla raids again, or Godzilla's counterattack. Um, Boy, isn't that another sign of the times that you crunched out a movie six months later? Oh yeah, you couldn't do that with a blockbuster nowadays. Uh, it, it looks a little rushed. It's not quite as it's not doesn't quite have the careful hand that Godzilla has, but. Um, it looks a little rushed in the figurative sense, and then it is kind of rushed <laughs> yeah. in a practical effects sense. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know why they chose to crank the camera speed up for that those fights. They, but. they, they were trying to make it seem real, you know, f- uh, ra- you know, vicious and frantic. And yeah, I, yeah. I don't know. Either. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> From what I heard, I, I don't know. I don't know how true this is or not, but apparently, Ag Superaya said, um, "We need to slow it down." So that you need to, you need to slow it down, and the guy took that to mean, oh, I'll undercrank then, which meant that instead of you know recording it really fast so you could then slow it down, <laughs> he recorded it really slow so it played fast. So and that was a mistake. It was a, as far as I understand, it was a mistake. Okay, and, so uh, maybe the maybe the yeah. movie was rushed then. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah and I think they, and I think they kept it in because they were just like, well, what are we gonna? Can we go back and shoot this? Oh, it's going to take way too long. And by then, the buzz may have died down. Yeah. Gotta get it out. I, yeah, they were they were obviously making that just to capitalize on the success of Gojira. I'm sure they weren't expecting this to be the continuation of a long-running franchise. No, and, and, and the next few movies they did after that uh, seem to signify that. Oh, because, absolutely. You know, they go, they do that, and then they do Rodan, mm-hmm. uh, which is a big deal because it's a monster. It's a Japanese monster movie in color for yeah. the first time, and one of the best. Yeah, I love that movie. That's a wonderful one. I love Rodan. I just saw that for the first time maybe a couple months ago. Really? Do you like yeah. it? Wow. It was so sad at the end. Yes. It's... Oh, I was not. I was not expecting that. I was like, "Oh, just die! This is grueling." <laughs> well, yeah. well, the one does come back, so yeah, it, uh, it does. But oh, no, absolutely oh, no. That God. one, that, like like Godzilla or Gojira, that one also has a very somber, bittersweet ending. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the bugs in the beginning are pretty cool. Oh, the Meganula. Yeah, yeah, those things creep me out yeah. as a kid. Yeah. yeah, I did not see the original Rodan until I bought it on DVD. Wow! Yeah. Wow! See, that was one of the earliest ones I watched too. Oh man, yeah, I didn't. I, I had no idea they had solo movies. Same thing with like uh, Varan. Yeah, you know that came out in '58. Otherwise known as Daikaiju Baran in Japan. Baran. We were talking before or, about how the names often got so changed coming over to America. That was right. another one. What was the American title for Varan? Varan the or Varan the Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Okay, I was gonna say Invincible, but I was like, Not no, 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 that's Gamera. One of the most underrated kaiju ever. Ga- I love, Gamera. No, Varan. 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 Yeah. What is the pronunciation? I don't know. Varan. I don't know. Varan the Unbelievable. Like they took out his gliding 
in the Americanized version. Yes, because they thought it looked too silly or something. I don't know. I, I don't honestly, know. I don't know what the explanation was, but I I only have the Japanese version of that movie. I don't have the American version. They're very very different. Huh? They're, they they again include uh, inserted several um, English speaking actors. Very Weird. Completely changed up the plot going to the island. He do, I think he attacks Tokyo in the Japanese version, and he attacks, like, they call it the Haneda Airport in the Americanized version. Oh. There's a lot, like, the scripts are completely different. Weird. I that might be They like changed the, his roar. That, that might be the most altered of them all, then. It honestly might be. Wow. They really changed up a lot for the Americanized version. Like, that, that, far, that's, that's far more f- than Gigantus. Yeah, probably. Like, yeah. I, I was going to say, even more so than what they did with, like, Godzilla King of the Monsters. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Have you ever seen Varon, Aaron? No, I have not. Okay. No, that's one I haven't seen. But so I have a question. Okay. <laughs> about Gigantus. Uh-huh. Like, all right, so it came out, what? Well, I guess when was the release of Godzilla King of the Monsters and when did they release Gigantus? It was, uh, King of the Monsters was 56. Yes. Gigantus was 59. Okay. So did they just think that they were fooling the American public by calling it something completely different? If you were to listen to Paul Schriebman, who produced it, yes. That's what he hoped to do. Good he, lord. He, um, boy, Gigantus, honestly, is a saga no one cares about. <laughs> um, it's, it is, because uh, what they originally wanted to do, there were a couple American producers who what they wanted to do was they were going to just buy the suits from Toho and make their own monster movie in the States. No kidding. Yes. In fact, I never knew that. In fact, they shipped them here. Uh, I think the Angerus suit for a long time was still here because they were going to make a movie with it. No Um, kidding. And it was going to be called The Volcano Monsters. I do remember that title. And Godzilla and Angerus were going to destroy San Francisco. Uh, Wow. That was the plot. Amazing, um, but that fell through. Uh, the funding fell through. I think one of the guys, uh, his production company, went bankrupt, so it didn't happen. So then, what they did instead was, I, I think Warner Brothers bought uh, bought it up because they had this other movie that they got for real cheap called Teenagers from Outer Space. So they're like, well, we need another another one to put on this, and they see, oh, there's a new Godzilla movie, and Paul Schriebman was the one who brought it over, and he's like, well. I want people to think like they're getting to see a new monster. Yeah. Call it Gigantus. <laughs> He's a fire monster. That's how I imagine he talked. <laughs> um, he, and, uh, boy, it's uh, it's not good. It's, re- it's really an insufferable watch. Godzilla Raids Again, the Japanese cut, it's fine. Yeah. Fine I, monster movie. The human plot's actually pretty good. Yeah. It's it, a little sad. At flaws the end. aside, I actually think Godzilla Raids Again is a very good Godzilla movie. I agree with you on that. Like, it's I got do. that very dark, somber tone again. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Uh, like, the, the shot where he sees the first, or uh, where he sees the fire in Osaka and turns, and there's that really deep, like, um, like the, like, it's like the, like the dramatic, um, almost like violin, like screeching violin. And it's like, oh, oh yeah, you yeah. know he's coming to the city now? Like, that's yeah. eerie. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Him approaching Osaka is just an eerie shot. Yeah. And I, I like, too, like, the close-ups that you get on Godzilla. And not only does he have, like, the fangs, but they're kind of splayed out. Yeah. So he just looks, like, extra wild. He's cre- Yeah, he's, he's very feral looking. Yeah, yeah. 
I like that look quite a lot. Um, That's one I haven't seen for a long time. The original one or the American one? Uh, I don't think I've ever seen the American one. Maybe no. once. I've only seen bits and pieces of it, too. It's so bad. I it's can so imagine. <laughs> they they put um, this incessant narration over it, and they... He won't shut up. <laughs> uh, and he's, he's explaining things that are just happening right on screen. Like, just, why are you telling me this? I'm looking at it. Like, what's the point? It's, oh, God, it's such a consternation. And then they take out Godzilla's roar and instead give it give Godzilla Angerus's roar in addition to Angerus. So I they do, both I, have the same roar. I do vaguely recall that. <laughs> and... Yeah, like he said, like the script is terrible, <laughs> and the voice acting is like when like in Godzilla King of the Monsters, they are treated like adults, right? Mm-hmm. And they are voiced, they are voiced appropriately. They're, you know, Gigantus, they sound like cartoon characters. Like they're they're affecting these honestly racist Japanese accents, right? And oh, it's interminable. Yeah. It's it's a horrible watch. Please don't please don't put yourself through it. And not only that, but they change a lot of the music, mm-hmm. and uh, they um, uh, they they put in like a lot of stock footage, unnecessary stock footage. It's it's awful. It's it's a real hatchet job. And nobody was fooled. Everybody knew it was Godzilla. No, seriously, nobody. Uh, and someone posited. Uh, I was listening to the Godzilla versus Podcast Zero podcast, and someone had posited uh, that. Hey, you know, this guy's a Hollywood producer. I bet he thinks that if he calls it Gigantus and it's successful, he could just make his own Gigantus movies mm-hmm. with this trademark he created instead of right. uh, having to go through Toho. That's probably what he did. It was probably a, it was probably some way to snake around copyright. Uh, it was so easy back then. It really was, especially from an internet, like you know, taking what was an international property at first. Yes, it's mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's it's like you can kind of do whatever you want with them at that point because who's who's going to really contest it? Yeah, right. Japan probably doesn't even realize this is happening. Right. Toho isn't going to want to go through all the international hurdles. Yeah. Of any you know legal and if you're in germany you know you want to somehow tie this into frankenstein or king kong why not just do it <laughs> that's what they did folks right. germany, that's a good segue. germany really wanted to uh put it in they, they same somehow like they put frankenstein in the title of at least half the godzilla movies i don't get it yeah it's very weird it is isn't it <laughs> it really is and king kong and some of them like i know that the, the german title for godzilla versus megalon has king kong in the title <laughs> which i don't I, I don't get um i think they explained that like king kong is inside jet jaguar <laughs> are you I serious that, I, yes i've i oh. remember hearing that that's the explanation like oh in movie that's, yeah that's bizarre yes that that's why he's in the title Boy, because oh he's jet jaguar <laughs> and you gotta think like I, there had to be no german alive who was fooled by that either like they were just like Whatever, it's a monster movie. It's fine. This is all fine. Just, just size and like if you insist. Yeah, right. Oh man. Um, something I do want to talk about before we go to our break. Um, uh, I do want to bring up Coatzilla. Are you familiar with this? I think so, and it's. Uh, I think I know. I think I know what you're talking about. Okay. Unfortunately, Aaron, Wait, do you know what I'm talking co- about? Are you saying C O K E? 
Cozzilla. It's uh, Italian. C O Z Z I L L A. Okay, yeah, I definitely know what you're talking uh, about now. And I do not know what you're Cozilla. talking about. Cozzilla. It's not good. Yeah. So, somebody touch my spaghetti. Yeah, somebody touch my Godzilla. Um, <laughs> uh, noted horror exploitation director in Italy, Luigi Cozzi. He uh, he wants to bring the original Godzilla cut to Italy. That's what he really wants to do more than anything. He really wants to bring the original cut to Italy. Italy. Toho says it's not available. Uh, we don't have that in Italian. We, we can't get that for you. But here's uh, Godzilla King of the Monsters in Italian. So he's like, mm, fine. Uh, but he can't sell that because, you know, that movie just shows on TV all the time in Italy. So what he does, he says, well, i got to gussy this up somehow. And so then what he does is he says, well, what if I made it a little bit more violent for the exploitation market? So he puts in footage of the real aftermath from Nagasaki and Hiroshima in the movie. So, like, scenes of Godzilla's destruction is followed up with, like, actual scenes of Nagasaki after the bomb. And then, and so like when Godzilla did something, like he, he used footage of a real train crash, and he put that in the movie. Like when Godzilla destroys a train, he put in a real train crash. Oh. Um, and then he goes like, well, it's still not quite enough. Uh, what if I replace some of the music? So he replaces some of the music with a 70s synth soundtrack. Oh, no. And then he's like, well, this still isn't enough. What if we were to somehow make it in color? But at the time, there was no colorization process. Colorization really wouldn't... We wouldn't come to know it in America until the, the late 80s when Ted Turner tried to colorize some old movies. And those were not so good examples. But uh, his idea of colorization was we can't colorize specific elements in a frame but what we can do is put colored gels over the film. So what it is, is it's... So you see a scene, right? And it's Godzilla coming up over uh, the hill. So we'll tint uh, the part of the sky. That's That whole half of the screen is going to be blue. And the scene and the hill beneath it, that whole half of the scene is going to be tinted green. And that is the colorization process that is used in that film. Just huge blobs of color in a psychedelic swirl of awfulness. And uh, I'm looking at it right now, and yeah, it's really bizarre. It's It must be seen to be believed. <laughs> Someone recently did a restoration of it. They actually found the film elements for this, for, for this, uh, this abomination. And... And uh, they restored it and put it up on archive.org. So if you want to see this in high def, God bless you. It's there. Uh, I know I downloaded it. <laughs> um, but uh, oh, I'd love to see this. Yeah. It, I mean, honestly, if you're a fan of like weird 70s, if you're a fan of like 70s exploitation, um, that kind of twisted cinema, do check this out. It is worth your time because it's weird weird as hell yeah definitely definitely do that uh and with that said i guess uh, we should go on a quick break you know maybe go uh 
use the bathroom, get get us get some water, and uh, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna go into the break here with um, the theme to Luigi Cozzi's Godzilla. <laughs> Be back in a second. From the depths of the sea in a tidal wave of horror. See before your very eyes a city of six million wiped out by a monster breathing flame. What is Godzilla? A creature from prehistoric time? Or a mutant monster created by man's tampering with nature? Godzilla! Modern weapons cannot kill it. science find a way to stop this creature's mad rampage before civilization is destroyed? For the answer, see Godzilla, King of the Monsters. A tale to stun the mind. More fantastic than any ever written by Jules Verne. More terrifying than any ever shown on the screen. See Godzilla, King of the Monsters. The mightiest monsters of all time, King Kong, Mammoth, Unconquerable, versus Godzilla, released from an icy tomb to pulverize a panic-stricken world. King Kong, Godzilla, together on a rampage of destruction, fire-breathing, colossal Godzilla, impervious to man's most fiery weapons. Nothing you have ever seen, nothing you have ever felt could prepare you for this colossus of entertainment. Spectacular, unbelievable, the world's mightiest monsters in the battle of the century. Mighty King Kong, immune even to a billion volts of electricity. Godzilla, immune to man's most fiery weapons. Godzilla has a brain about this size. He is sheer brute force. While Kong is a thinking animal. His brain is considerably larger. About ten times the size of this gorilla's skull. King Kong, the unconquerable. Godzilla, the indestructible. King Kong versus Godzilla. Our planet may be doomed, our Earth devastated. The monsters are in revolt, and civilization is in chaos. Godzilla is laying waste to New York. Rodan is attacking Moscow. Manda is smashing London. And Peking trembles under the wrath of Mafra. Our battle cry must be, destroy all monsters. Monster, monster. Who can say which country or city will be next? We must unite and destroy all monsters. Is there a way to defend against Godzilla, Rodan, Manda, and Mafra? The answer is no. Let our battle cry be, destroy all monsters. Be prepared. See for yourself in color from American International. Destroy all monsters. Monster. 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 This picture is rated G for general audiences. Destroy all monsters. Monster. 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 The Monster Marathon! Now all in one gigantic show. Three of the newest and most exciting monster hits starring Earth champion and protector Godzilla. First, thrill the Godzilla Monster Island with more monsters than have ever appeared on the screen at one time. Then, it's the action-packed Godzilla versus the Cosmic Monster. And finally, the classic Godzilla versus Megalon. All three in one colossal show. Rated G. Tonight at 8 on TNT's Monster Vision. Get ready for the greatest wrestling event of them all, Godzilla Bash 94. Godzilla takes on nine new challengers. The awesome strength of Gamera, 
three-headed Ghidra, Titanosaurus, and their manager, Mr. Evil himself. It's more frightening than I ever thought possible. One night, five movies. Find out who'll be called King of the Monsters. Monster Vision's Godzilla Bash 94. Next on TNT. Next week on Svengooly. Godzilla gets a little kid, a son, and more monsters than you can shake a tail at. It's Godzilla's Revenge on the next Spangoolie. Saturday night at 10, 9 central on MeTV. Football's the real monster. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, we, we we were boring my poor brother with sports talk. Uh, he's not a he he. Uh, my brother Aaron, not a sporto. Uh, let it be known. That's one way of putting it. Yeah. He's um he's uh he's a musico. He loves yeah. loves, loves him dead. Uh, you want to you want to talk about. Uh, John Cage, well, brother, you got someone to talk to. It's true. Or um, what's that? Uh, what's that synthesizer guy, Alvin? Um, Alvin Curran. Alvin Curran. There you go. Yeah, so, what are you gonna do a memory machine on like experimental music in the sixties and seventies? Uh, oh boy. <laughs> um, if you give to the Geekiverse Patreon, and we get up to. Honestly, if we get up to $500 of the Geekiverse Patreon, $500 a month, we I will do a podcast with you, Aaron, on 60s and 70s experimental music. Oh, boy. Yes. Yep, we'll do it. But you gotta give to the Patreon, folks. That's the Geekiverse, uh, patreon.com slash the Geekiverse. Give today. Make me talk about stuff I don't know about. Um, anyway. Nice plug. Yeah. I've yeah. been doing it for a while. Um, <laughs> so... Godzilla is a big deal. Godzilla raids again made a lot of money. They made a bunch of Toho made a bunch of other monster movies, as we said, uh, Varan, Mothra, uh, some other sci-fi films like Dagora and um, uh, Gorath and the Mysterians. Um, so it took a while until Toho came back to Godzilla, but boy, when they did, was it a big deal? And I think I, I think with king kong versus godzilla that is the true birth of the godzilla series i think it's in that i don't think it's Definitely. in raids again I, I don't think they were planning on making another sequel after raids again they were thinking well we just do this you know two movies is enough and then we'll make other monster movies that movie has quite a king kong versus godzilla i should say has a weird backstory are you familiar with it at all jeff or aaron um I know that it was King Kong was supposed to be Frankenstein. Yes, yes, it was. Um, which is why he gains electrified powers <laughs> when he gets shocked by lightning. Right. This is yeah. based off of uh, you know about that, Jeff. Yeah, Much about that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So Frankenstein so, so, was going to be just a, like a bunch of different random animal parts. He was going to yeah. be like this weird looking thing. Yeah. Not like what he was in Frankenstein Conquers of the World or Frankenstein versus Baragon. Yeah, right. Um, I think now from what I read it was Willis O'Brien originally had a pitch for King Kong versus Frankenstein. That was the movie. 
and it was going to be King Kong who fought Frankenstein. And he pitched it around, I think John Beck was the name of the guy who latched onto it and was the one who bought the concept. He was going to go with Toho and, uh, or he was shopping it around. Willis O'Brien really wanted to do it stop motion because that's what he did, you know. And it was too expensive, too time consuming. And uh, he didn't want, John Beck didn't want to do that. He shopped the idea to Toho. And, uh, you know, through working around it, they swapped out King Kong for Godzilla, swapped out Frankenstein for, and put King Kong in that role, and then made that movie. And uh, what we have, I, I don't know, would you guys say King Kong versus Godzilla is a good movie? Eh. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's the first, it was my introduction to Godzilla. Right. It's what got me into kaiju in general. And there yeah. are some really memorable scenes from there. Yeah. But as a whole, it's not. It's one that I, whenever I rewatch it, I enjoy it for the nostalgia factor and the nostalgia factor of how much it got me into Godzilla. I don't go back and watch it for really any other entertainment value that I get out of other Godzilla movies, which I think are either generally good movies for their plot and their themes or for their action sequences. Right. I mean, Agreed. The, you know, the, 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 the fight at the, you know, the slopes of Mount Fuji, it has some cool moments and it's just, it's neat that they put, you know, actually got that on screen, but it's a goofy movie. <laughs> yeah, it, it really is. And in the Japanese version, it seems intentionally so. Yeah. You know, like it, it was made to be sillier, funnier, lighthearted. I love the Godzilla suit. Kong just looks ridiculous. Oh. It's uh, it's kind of fugly. Yeah, it, he 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 has like I don't know. Well, how would you describe that Kong face? I don't even know, man. It's a little derpy. Yeah, there it's, you go. Uh, it's a little ragged. It looks like like he had a few too many the night before. Yes, definitely. Um, well, he kind of does at one point in the movie. Too. Yeah. Well, yeah, he does. He, he does. He literally the fairy juice. Yeah. Right. It, that's one of my favorite uh, gifts. Is like is Kong drinking the berry juice, and underneath it says like I'll tell you when I've had enough. Like, that's, that's... there were so many memes that came out of that movie. Oh yeah, eat your vegetables, and it's when yes. King Kong is shoving the tree down Godzilla's throat. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, I don't know, Aaron. What do you think of the movie? I mean, yeah, it's not great. I do feel like I like I have a lot of love for it for yeah. sure being my first introduction to the series but Same. um i feel a little gypped having never seen the original mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. i would have liked to have seen that but yeah i mean it was kind of this mix of like goofiness and horror like yeah. i love the first shot of godzilla when he's coming on to land yes. and he's like in the ocean yeah and his claws in that movie are like white yeah and he's just this hulking thing and like i don't know what that shot just like is really um it's uh it's just like horrific to me um but it's also really funny like i i love i love the guy who's always talking about his corns yeah like like that he can't go like do anything brave or whatever because of his corns it's and yeah tell us what is it what is it it's it's 
my cords. <laughs> God, that's there's, right. there's so many great one-liners in that movie. Like yeah. the guy when he goes, "No more, no more." I'm sick of Godzilla. <laughs> yep, yep, uh huh. <laughs> and the guy, and when like the mom says to her kid, she's like. He's like, I want to see Godzilla. And she says, child, we're not going to a zoo. Hurry. Yep. <laughs> right. Yep. Or, um, or so for some reasons, one of the things that sticks out in my brain is, 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 uh, the scene where it's like, it's, it's one of like the American scenes that they shot in it. Right. Mm-hmm. And they're sitting like at the desk of the UN news, whatever that means. And, yes. <laughs> and he's talking and he's talking about like the Godzilla versus King Kong matchup. He's basically like, he's basically like doing the rap sheet and <laughs> the and, tail of the tape. Yeah. Right. He's doing the tail of the tape and, uh, he's, he's, he's got the dirt sheets on him <laughs> and, and he's going, uh, he's going, uh, Godzilla is a, is brute force. His brain, his brain is about the size is, is very small, about this size, whatever. Uh, but then he says like, Kong is a thinking animal. His brain is considerably larger. About ten times the size of this gorilla's skull, and I don't. That line is just—it's burned in my brain. Like I don't. <laughs> There's a few different lines and moments from that movie that are also burned in my brain just from being you know, watching it as early as I did. Yeah, yeah. Like, what scenes do you remember most? Like, like what lines do you remember? Godzilla coming out of the iceberg. I will take with me to my oh, grave. Yeah. Godzilla. Yeah. Yeah. What do you way, make? Of, what do you it? make of that, Al? Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And it's like if wow. like if I said that around my parents, they would they would probably burst into tears because they remember just how much I loved that as yeah. a kid. Yeah, I mean, they were sitting there wa- watching that with me every time I wanted to watch it as a tyke. Yeah, but like Godzilla coming out of the iceberg, I am going to remember for the rest of my life. Oh my god, it's yeah. His it, like his roar, I love his roar in that movie. Like it's got a, like a reverberating, like it echoes. Yeah, it, it, it's it's I very. I was about to say that it sounds like a train. Yeah, it, like it trumpets. Like, it, it's very. It's such a good roar. It's it's higher pitched too. Yeah, it is much it's so than the not as deep movies. as it was. Yeah, mm-hmm. it is a little higher pitched, but it just feels like it rings out so far. Yeah, and and, the, and I should say that when uh, that when we got this movie in the states, it it was cut up a lot. Right. Um. They um, they put in those scenes of like the new UN news, mm-hmm. which is just kind of weird. <laughs> And, which are like told like those scenes are super straight, which is weird too. Like it's very dry, it's very straightforward. Um, but then you cut to, like the silly Japanese footage, and there's this right. incongruousness going on. And uh, and then not only that, but they ripped out a lot of the music mm-hmm. and instead put in this library track, which uh, oddly enough takes a lot of music cues from the creature from the black lagoon right um which i didn't know at the time oh i, I, had I, no I hadn't right. seen creature from the black lagoon but in retrospect you know having watched creature from the black lagoon and loving that movie and then watching king kong versus godzilla it's like what is it what is this what, what why did you do this what what like what an insult to akira ifukube like yeah. why would you do that it's it's very uh, uh it, it's it's confounding um but uh, yeah, I mean, I asked you guys, you know, like what you guys thought about the movie because uh, for me, it's hard to look at objectively, right? Honestly, Absolutely. honestly, it is. Like s- some people might be listening to this and go, like, really, King Kong versus Godzilla? You can't look at that and just say, well, that's a silly movie. No, I can't. I it's it's 
uh, boy, it's just part of who I am. Like I have to. It's true. I have to accept it. Like it's. I can't look at it that way. I, I can't. I can't have a critical eye towards it. It it's doesn't a, work. It's an odd one. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, if you're an adult and you're coming to this movie for the first time, uh, you, uh, you're going to be bewildered. Oh yes, yes <laughs> um, you are. It's. I think you'll have fun, but but you'll be confused. Right. <laughs> um, Especially man. as to why the American version swapped out all of these scenes with these boring UN scenes. But yeah. decided to keep the scene where our main characters give a child a cigarette. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, yeah. It's a weird movie. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. And, oh, that's the blackface. Yeah, that's the weird thing too is the Japanese actors in blackface. Yeah. Which by by 1963 in the United States, that had mostly gone away right you would still see like vestiges of it when they replayed old movies on tv right but in terms of like new stuff happening in blackface that was gone well i mean yeah J- japan was doing it still for decades after oh, for like decades. there were there were i mean anime in the 90s that were still doing it yeah uh, what do you call it bleach had a character yeah or, no maybe not bleach dragon um, ball z has mr popo right you know either bleach or one piece is the for, anime for goodness I'm thinking, sakes, but like jinx the pokemon like yeah it's the, all well, based out of minstrelsy um i suppose yeah and uh, I mean, so much they changed it. They they gave her purple skin instead of black right. skin. And, and to Japan's credit, they have really done away with blackface. Yes, since they probably have. like the turn they of the have. century. They have. Especially they've gotten more. Glo- especially as anime sure. and Japanese productions have become more global. Right. They've definitely become more progressive in that regard. Yeah. Yeah. Good. You know, good for them. Right. I mean, no, absolutely. Credit where it's due. Indeed. Um. So yeah, I mean that's something to keep in mind when you're watching this movie. Is I actually forgot about that part. Yeah, right. <laughs> I'm gonna have to rewatch that movie now just for some of the stuff you guys brought up and for what I what it, I probably didn't catch as a kid. Polite. Granted, I've seen the movie since I you know I was a child, but yeah. there's definitely things I didn't pick up even in my teen years when I would have rewatched it. Pull out your tape, man. I'm gonna have you, to. You still got it? Oh yeah, somewhere. Right. If not, I know I know for a fact I have a DVD copy of it because I made my nieces watch it one time. Yeah, nice. <laughs> and they were nice. just as bewildered as you were as you yeah. would have described yeah i i will say though with this movie we don't we don't have the japanese version in the united states it's not available for mm-hmm. us to purchase which is um it's it's that's different because um for every other movie uh almost yeah every other movie we can get the japanese version uh especially you know showa the, the showa movies yeah um which by the way we didn't explain that real quick uh, eras of Godzilla. There's from 1954 to 1975. That's the Showa era because of the emperor at the time, uh, Emperor Hirohito. Then um, the second series, which started in the 80s, goes in the 90s. We call those the Heisei era because of Emperor Akihito. And then uh, there's the Millennium series, which was uh, 2000s. Godzilla movies made in the 2000s. Um, we Early call it Millennium because it was still technically the Heisei era of Akihito, so yeah, he had to differentiate somehow. And then now we're in the new era of Makihito, which I don't remember the name of his era, but that's what it is. I don't know that they've given a name to it yet. No? I think they have. I just can't remember how you pronounce it. Yeah. Huh. But uh, but anyway, that's the eras of Godzilla. So when I say Showa, that means the original run of Godzilla movies. Um, anyways, 
Uh, yeah, with every other Showa Godzilla movie, we have access to the Japanese version. King Kong versus Godzilla is one we still lack. And that's because, as you were saying, Aaron, much earlier in the podcast, the rights to these movies in the United States is very weird. It's spread out through several different companies. Um, in Japan, of course, it's all just Toho. They make the DVDs, they release it, it's fine. It's all under one umbrella. But in the States, distribution is is a little weird. Uh, currently, Janus Films has access to ten of the movies. So they were able to buy up the rights from several different rights holders for different ones, and they conglomerated those, right? So you have, like, I think Godzilla vs. King... Uh, Godzilla uh, Raids Again, Mothra... Ghidra, uh, Astro Monster, a few others, those are all under one umbrella. Then you have like Godzilla vs. Gigan, Godzilla vs. the Smog Monster, um, Godzilla 1985, those are under a different I see. umbrella. And then you have King Kong vs. Godzilla is off all by itself. Right. Because it had. This it had it was released through Universal Pictures, yeah. Um, whereas, I think that was the only one. Uh, well, that makes sense because yeah, Universal's it's just, it's often a headache. Universal's often had the rights to King Kong, right? So right. that makes yes. sense. Yes, that's right. And uh, uh, that movie, King Kong vs. Godzilla, and Godzilla Raids Again, were the only two movies of the Showa era to be released through big studios. Mm-hmm. The rest of them were through smaller houses, like um, General Releasing Corps or uh, American International Pictures released several of them. Uh, but but yeah, they were released. The, the rights are all over the place in the United States. So the, the fact that we have so many of them. Uh, available and in their original Japanese versions is quite a testament to how far we've come. Um, Aaron, I don't know if you remember uh, back in the late 90s when we first had internet. I remember looking on a certain website that offered to provide the original Japanese versions of Godzilla movies on tape and you could mail away for it and get the catalog. And then wow. I almost bought Godzilla Ra- the Japanese version of Godzilla Raids Again subtitled on VHS through like one of those like you know foreign movie. Uh, it was it was probably a bootleg, you know, but that was the best thing you could do, and it would have cost me thirty dollars, you know, for a VHS tape of a bootleg of Godzilla Raids Again with subtitles. Wow. You want you want to know what's funny? What's that? That's exactly what I did. You did that? Yes. <laughs> oh my god, tell me all about wow. it. I, I don't remember it. I would have been like 14 or 15 at the time, but I yeah. definitely did that for Godzilla Raids Again because, like I said, I had never seen Gigantus, the fire yeah. monster, so mm-hmm. this was the only way I could have watched that movie. Mm-hmm. I did that for Daikaiju Baran, which was the Japanese version of mm-hmm. Varan. Uh, did that for War of the Gargantuas mm-hmm. for the Japanese version of that, mm-hmm. and I maybe would have done that for one or two other uh, more obscure Showa kaiju movies. Mm. Um, but that's that's what it was. You know, wow. You, 
you know, got, you know, it gave the cash to my parents to use their credit card for it over the phone or on the internet, whatever it was. Uh-huh. And that's how I got them. Wow. Those VHSs are sitting in a closet somewhere in my house. That's amazing. Do you uh-huh. know, you know wow. who, remember who released those? I have, Where you no, got those I have no idea. I would <laughs> I'm sorry, love man. to know. I would I'd love have to have look, I'd have to look that up. Yeah. I would love to know what company did that. Yeah. I, I don't remember the names. <laughs> man, that's crazy. But, uh, yeah, that, that's the story of uh, Godzilla's mm, tenuous United States relationship. But, but I mean, we don't have to go through all of these movies, but I just wanted to, you know, put in some normal ones. Anybody have anything to say about uh, Mothra versus Godzilla? We already talked about how Godzilla's head went up in flames in that one. That's true. <laughs> that's true. That one, I think, also has a really cool human element story to it about, like, a yeah. little company who wants to, like, exploit the Mothra egg and... You know, them warning, like, well, Mothra's going to come back to try to claim it and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Um, yeah, there's really very few that have a decent human story. Right. Like, I would say the first one. Yes. Mothra versus Godzilla. Mm-hmm. Uh... I think Raids Again has a good human story. <laughs> no, I'd agree with that. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. But they definitely like they get the human stories get worse and worse oh, as you go yeah. along. Like they, oh, they well, t- they get worse and worse, and then they kind of get a little better with Mechagodzilla and Terror of Mechagodzilla. Mm. There's some doozies it kind of gets though. A little better. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. There's a few doozies throughout yeah. the history of the series. Like, uh, I mean, I I love Godzilla versus Monster Zero, but man, the human parts of that can really drag. Oh, like, it's very boring. Like, I mean, but the story's so interesting, which is why it sucks. Like, you, like, you just, like, it's about aliens who want to, like, uh, who, who want to use Godzilla and Rodan to get rid of King Ghidorah, who's landed on Planet X somehow. But then, like, it's all a big trick to, like, steal all the water off of Earth. And it's just, like, that's, that's interesting. Like, but they, but it's so boring, and all those scenes drag, and they poor, really do. poor Nick Adams just... As good as an actor as he is, he couldn't save it. You know, <laughs> he he couldn't pull it up enough. But the monster scenes sure are cool. They are, um, and yeah, some of the space scenes are cool too. And, and it should be noted too, as these movies progress, they they get a little bit more lighthearted each time, or they get a little. I mean, like with King Kong versus Godzilla, it was very deliberate, right? Um, probably taking cues from the movie Mothra before it. The original Mothra film is a little uh, bit more yes. lighthearted in tone, so they probably thought, "Well, maybe what if we took that degree? What if we took that one two degrees more?" Yeah. Um, but then, like with Mothra, they try to go back to a serious story, and that's the thing is they keep trying to tell serious-ish stories, but it just gets sillier in spite of itself. You know, by Ghidra, he's a good guy, you know, uh, more or less. He's more of like the, the bully that fights on your side, I that, guess. That's his baby face turn. That's like when John Cena went that's good right. guy in, in WWF. <laughs> right, Aaron? Wrestling? I have no idea what you're talking oh, about. Okay, no. yes. <laughs> well, hey, nobody's perfect, don't worry. Yep. <laughs> um, but, uh, I mean, I, I guess, like, here, instead of just talking about the movies one by one, let's talk about the rogues gallery. What if we did that? Sure. Tell him, well, Ghidra, he's cool. I love Ghidra. Oh, yeah. I love his design. Like I love his roar. Um, his cackling is what I've always called it. It's yeah. not even like a roar. It's like, a, like he's just chuckling at you the whole time. And he has like, especially like in his first appearance, he has like this kind of 
frizzled hair around his head. Yeah. Well, it's very. It's almost like an Asiatic dragon. Yes. Yes. Kind of. Uh huh. Like a fur dragon, which yeah. is what you wouldn't see out of like a Western dragon, no, which is just no. scales and especially like the golden scales yeah. that he has. It's such. I know a... there was. Oh, go ahead. No, no, you go. I was just gonna say it's uh, such an iconic design. Yeah. That's all. I, I know there was some talk of. Um... Ghidorah being like, or Ghidra, I guess, uh, being like a representation of China. I'd believe in that. the Godzilla yeah. movies, but I know that like Toho has refuted that repeatedly. But I just thought that was an interesting idea. Well, I mean, you never know what like the author had in mind. I'm sure Toho sure. would say that, but like, what would the scriptwriter say? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, that's an interesting right. perspective. Yeah, I I don't know, I, I don't know that era of Japanese history really well at all to know like what, right. what that would, what the subtext would be, but it's an interesting thought. Um, yeah. Well, I mean the three kingdoms that's, Oh yeah. That's kind you know, a common. Oh theme yeah. With China. Yeah, yeah. I'd have to, I'm going to look, I, I, I might want to look into that more. That's an interesting, interesting topic. Yeah. Yeah. I, I do like the way, um, I, I read, I, I have a great book. Uh, it's like, uh, uh, I'll, I'll I don't remember the name of it, but uh, but it goes. It's a critical and a cultural history of Godzilla, and it goes through each of the movies and talks about the production of each of them. Well, one of the quotes I loved was um, uh, Sinichi Sekizawa, who was the script who was a screenwriter for uh, Ghidra the Three Headed Monster. He he described this the screech the cackle as you would say, as he, he wrote it in the script as a metallic roar like a bell, and like. Oh what they came up with was perfect. Yeah. Like I, I love that roar. Well, it's so unique. Yeah. Like it, it's not deliberately menacing or like it is, it is menacing, but it's not, it, it, it's not like, so it, it not, it, it's not like he's trying to be terrifying. He just is in his own way. It's yeah. not like a, you know, like a generic, like booming, deep, you know, like deep yeah. roar. It's yeah. unique. And and he shoots the lightning out of his mouth, which is cool. You know, like uh, Godzilla has fire, and uh, Mothra has pollen, and uh, he has the uh, this this lightning that, that zaps out, and that's cool. You well, know? as Aaron as I were were talking in between takes, <laughs> yeah. it's actually gravity beams. Oh, I'm not sorry, lightning. I'm so sorry. <laughs> it, it, it must it, it must be it, it's just confusing because it looks exactly like lightning. Well, I, look, I don't care, Nate. <laughs> they, it's officially gravity beams. I, I I agree with you on this. I agree with you on this. This is um, that that movie's weird too, though. Ghidra the Three Headed Monster. Definitely. It's like a princess. She gets in a plane crash. Her <laughs> body vanishes. Yeah, What's yeah, that? That's right. From a made-up country. From a made-up country. Right. It's a fictional nation. Right. And she comes back and she's the princess of Mars. <laughs> and and then there's like a James Bond thing going on behind all that. And it's... Boy, it's wacky. Godzilla apparently has a potty mouth. It's, it's, it's weird. Yeah. Oh, Godzilla, what terrible language. <laughs> Mothra says... The Earth belongs to them as much as it does to man. Oh, Godzilla, what terrible language! Uh-huh. Oh, Lord. That's where it really just started to go yeah, bonkers. That's yeah. where Godzilla really started yeah. to embrace it, the camp. Okay, so if you don't know what we're talking about, folks, what happens 
in this movie is uh so godzilla is still kind of the perception of godzilla at this point by the viewing audience is godzilla is still a bad guy this is his this is where he see his baby face turn <laughs> so there comes this big bigger threat ghidra comes in and but godzilla is still kind of a bad guy so is rodan they're both kind of bullies so mothra is brought in to be a peacekeeper to try to like convince them so Ma- so mothra comes in and is like trying to convince Godzilla and Rodan to work together to stop Ghidra. And the twins, uh, the twins who, again, if you don't know, they're sort of like Mothra's, uh, Mothra's own personal Greek chorus. And the Shobijin. The, the Shobijin, thank you. I, I forget what the, um, I forget what they call them in the English dubs, but, um, probably just fairies, Like the right? fairy twins. Yeah. yeah, the fairy twins. But like their little miniature that uh, they're about like the about a foot tall mm-hmm. and they translate for Mothra while Mothra is having this monster dialogue with Godzilla and Rodan and that's then the iconic or infamous line is spoken where they translate Mothra as having said oh Godzilla what terrible language um, apparently Godzilla cursing like a sway- uh, sailor yeah um I mean, later on, you'd really get to hear Godzilla talk in Godzilla oh, on Monster Island or uh-huh. Godzilla vs. Skygan. <laughs> I don't know, Angelus. We better check. <laughs> it's uh... <laughs> yeah. Godzilla really took a turn for the weird there in the seventies. Oh. oh my god! But yeah, I mean, and and then in, in Godzilla vs. Monster Zero or Invasion of Astro Monster, you have Godzilla doing that dance yep. after <laughs> he beats after he chases off. Godzilla, uh, or Ghidra, he does that weird, I don't even know what you call it. Apparently it was a thing in Japan at yeah, the time. Yeah, I've, I've read the same. Um, but uh, The dance? Yeah, the dance. Oh. Yeah. yeah it, it, it was based on something in Japan at the time. Yeah. I can't remember but, what, but it was it was something cultural at the so time. So it's like Godzilla doing, like, Soldier Boy or something? Yeah. Honestly, yeah. Yeah. He, yeah, he wow. was... Wow. It was kind of the 1960s version of maybe twerking. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow. Really? Really, it was. As ridiculous as that sounds, yeah, yeah. It was something pop culture in Japan at the time. Yeah, and uh, th- th- this is the point in the series where, like, Subarai is getting upset, and, <laughs> and Honda is getting upset. It's like, man, you know, like, we keep these movies get dumber and dumber. Like, like both of them, they, they were both very unsatisfied with their work on these movies. I still right. like them. Yeah. No, I, me too. I like Godzilla versus monster zero. Um, it is dull at parts, but I still really enjoy it. Well, monster X is, uh, Honda's last movie or not last movie, but that's where he takes a break before John Fakuda comes in. Correct. Right. Cause Fakuda does Abby Rahori the deep yeah. first. Yeah. Which right. I, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I gotta be Ooh. honest with you guys. Godzilla vs. Sea Monster, Ebira Horror of the Deep, whatever you want to call it, that's one of my favorite movies for Godzilla. Me too. I love that one. It's what? so fun. It's so different. You know, there's no, there's no um, uh, city destruction scene. Um, there's multiple monsters that he fights. There's obviously the red bamboo, but it's not like the military's coming together to fend off this new random monster that attacks Japan. It's it's a different it's a different take on the kaiju genre at that time huh. it's just i just i love that one it's so much fun it's got like yeah. it's kind of got like a pulpy feel to it well, well why do you like it aaron well it's like an adventure movie yes. you know like, there you go and they and the characters are great like they stow away on this boat after some like dance contest and, yes, like, yeah. but they stow away on this boat and it ends up being the boat of 
um, a thief that they've been hearing about on the radio and they take his boat and they get lost on it and end up on this island and like the guy who played Dr. Sarazawa plays the leader of the Red Bamboo yep. and he's like um, he's a great villain and it's they've kind of taken Mothra's tribe hostage and are making them work in these work camps and it's just it's a great uh, it's a great story and it, uh, consequently another one where I think Frankenstein was supposed to be in it because well, no, 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 it was, it was uh, Kong actually Kong was supposed, oh, Kong to, Kong was supposed Kong, to have right. Godzilla's spot, which explains the whole oh, waking no, him up no. with lightning, all that. And okay. Yeah. Okay. That was the original right. premise for the movie. And then they inserted <laughs> Godzilla into it, but it worked perfectly. I have like, it almost feels like some of those old school adventure movies, like the Sinbad movies, Jason, the Argonauts, yeah um, clash of the titans i feel like it kind of has that vibe to it just that right. like, pulpy kind of campy just you know good whimsical action adventure wow it does have one of the worst monster fights in the, the entire series though when he fights that giant bird <laughs> the you can't tell what's going on and the camera just keeps cutting and the bird is just like flailing in the air and it just looks horrible but still a good one it is yeah that, that I, that's a ridiculous scene. i'm surprised to hear you guys say that because i mean i haven't seen the movie in years and years and years and the last time i saw it i was bored to tears oh man maybe i missed something i hey I, man I need different, to see it. different stroke man like no, we said I, 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 I hate godzilla versus Ghidorah from 1991 oh so it's just no i i need to give it, it a sec i mean i'm just relying on like what 14 year old me thought like <laughs> i need i clearly need to revisit this one I mean, um, Ibera is in no way like an excellent monster, but no, he's a giant. It's still, shrink. but the the movie itself is. I liked it. I mean, Godzilla yeah. does suplex him pretty hardcore. Yeah, I mean, like yeah. straight up vertical in the air. It's pretty. It's pretty awesome. Yeah, and Mothra's in it. Yes. adult form Mothra. Yeah, is in right. It, and I... she doesn't die. Yeah, it's adult form Mothra, no less. Yeah, that's that's very strange. <laughs> is that She's... the one movie where she doesn't die? No, because there's Battle for Earth, which she survives in. Oh, um, she? Technically, she cool. survives at the end of Final Wars. It's just that you don't see it. Okay. Um, but, does Mothra survive at the end of Ghidra? Or that's not adult Mothra. No, so that's cares? still the larva form yeah, at that right, time. Right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Interesting. No, I'll have to revisit that. Well, she still dies a lot. Yes, yeah. no, absolutely. <laughs> That's like her MO. That's how you're supposed to feel sympathy for Mothra. So she dies a lot. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, so, so the the um, the budgets are getting smaller. That too. <laughs> and they're making these movies that aren't as popular. And the way, like, Subaraya explained it is like, well, it's, yeah, of course they're getting more popular because we're making worse movies. Like, <laughs> give us a bigger budget, we'll make a better movie. And then people will want to see it. And that's not what Toho did. They're just like, well, these movies aren't making money, so we're giving you less of a budget. They're not. This one isn't making as much money. We're going to give you an even less budget. And that, I mean, I guess Son of Godzilla is a Son of Godzilla and Godzilla's Revenge, if you want to call it that, are both uh, disasters. Well, <laughs> and, and, and 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 even you put in the notes like it's stock footage city. Like oh, no, 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 that was so. I think that was you that put that in there. Oh, actually. did I put that? That in? was me. I oh, okay, there you go. Oh, you <laughs> put that in there, Aaron. Yeah. Yes. It's it's not wrong. Yeah. 
And I mean, it's just clear how cheap these movies are. You know, they're not going to cities anymore. No. Uh, did, did Godzilla's Revenge came out after Destroy All Monsters? Yeah, correct? it was the one immediately it's following. Because I think Ashiro Honda did. Ashiro Honda directed Destroy All Monsters, right? Yes, he did. So he came back for that after a little hiatus. That was and that was supposed to be like the big send off. It was yeah. supposed to be like, here's Godzilla's. We're we're doing all of them. Big 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 monster bash, and 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 that'll close out the series. And that's and you thought Avengers was the, you thought Avengers was the first big crossover in cinema history. Oh yeah, right. right. Godzilla was doing this before it was cool. Everybody, that's right. Uh, destroy all monsters, baby. Um, but yeah, Son of Godzilla is not really. Um, it's not impressive. No, <laughs> it's kind of it's it's just the design for Son for Minya is 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 not very good. No, he looks like a turd. <laughs> he's, he's supposed to be... He's clearly supposed to be cute, but he really isn't. No. I, I don't know what happened, but uh, yeah, he doesn't look good. He's, he's just a great blob, and um, he's very ugly. No money. I mean, there's no yeah, money. Probably, yeah, you're right. Yeah. There's no money to make him look good. It's and I mean, there's kind of neat things like to see like Godzilla playing with his son, which is kind of kind of interesting, I guess. Well, never mind. Nobody really needs to just needs to see that. <laughs> um, there's a giant spider, Spica, right? Yeah. Spica or Kumanga? Yeah, Kumanga, yeah. Uh huh. Well, you got that. You got that going for it. The Condor fight shows up again, right? It does. Yeah. That well, that's isn't that in Godzilla's Revenge? Oh yeah, no, maybe right. it is. I don't that's know. Those, those, both those movies kind of blend into my yeah. brain. At least the monster scenes blend into my brain for no, me. No, right. Um, Probably with good reason because the monster scenes from Son of Godzilla end up getting used in Godzilla's Revenge. Right, right. Yeah, it's weird how Destroy All Monsters is in between the two of yes, those. Yes, it is very strange. Like a com- you're completely built from the ground up, bringing together all of these iconic monsters. Yeah. It's relatively held in well regard yeah. as a monster It's a movie. really fun movie. Yeah. I, I don't. I still don't think it's... Uh, it's not my favorite of the Showa era. I know, I'd agree, and I'd agree with that. But it's still really good. Right. I don't know, Aaron, what are your thoughts on Destroy All Monsters? Um... I watched it maybe a year ago, and it just the end is fun. But yeah. up until that, it's just kind of it does kind of drag for me. Like the human story isn't super interesting. The premise is interesting, but the way it plays out isn't yeah. necessarily. But <laughs> there, there was one part that had me and the person I was watching it with. We were just dying laughing because the guy is pointing a laser at this. Uh, this thing that's supposed to bring down the aliens defenses or something like that. Yeah. And it just goes on and on and on. And they're playing this kind of exciting music. And oh it just keeps yeah. Cutting. Mm-hmm. It keeps cutting to his face. Yeah. And then the thing that he's trying to destroy and then a wire that's on fire. Yeah. And it just mm-hmm. keeps circling between these shots like 10 times. And you're like, it's like a bad Family Guy gag. You're just waiting <laughs> yeah. for it to end, and it just doesn't. Yes. Yep. I know exactly what you're talking about. Um, yeah, it's uh, it, it really drags. Um, it, Plus, it's kind of unfair that all of them gang up on Ghidorah. 
Yeah, like it's what nine monsters against Ghidorah, something like that. Well, Varan yeah, but... and Barrigan don't really do anything; they're just kind of watching. Yeah. Same with Manda. Or Manda. or Manda. Yeah. Well, yeah. no, Gorosaurus does a lot. Does he do one of his drop kicks? Yeah, he does the kangaroo kick that actually knocks Ghidorah down. Then. Oh. Oh, okay. It's yeah. like it's like Gorosaurus, Godzilla, Angelus are like the three big ones who get involved with it. Rodan. Rodan just like waves his fe- his uh, wings a couple times to throw some uh, winds at him. Mothra. Mothra and Kumanga spray some of their webbing, um, and then that's it. Aside from Minya, who takes out the middle head, ironically. Yeah, right. With one of his with one of his smoke rings, basically. Yeah, yeah. But it's like yeah, Gorosaurus, Angulus, Angiris, and Godzilla that really take out Ghidorah. Then yeah. But, I mean, yeah, that was supposed to be the, the finale. Mm-hmm. But for some reason, they said, let's do Godzilla's Revenge. And that happened. Especially because Destroy All Monsters is set, like, at the very end of the timeline, too. It's set, like, 19, ironically. 1999. Right. Like, mm-hmm. and that's the other funny thing. Yeah. You know, we're now 20 years past that, but. Yeah. Uh, yep, yeah, 1999 is when it's supposed to take place. But then, like, yeah, Godzilla's Revenge... In, in fact, in Godzilla's Revenge, uh, Godzilla technically, technically doesn't really even exist. He's just in the mind of that boy. Yeah. And Godzilla... He meets Godzilla's son. He meets this little boy. He gets bullied, and he meets Minya. And then, uh... He, uh Minya talks with a really dopey voice. And then... He does. And then he... And then he goes back and tries to take lessons away from Godzilla fighting Gabara, which has... I actually like Gabara's roar. It's interesting. Um, well, he's an, kind of an interesting monster, too, yeah. right? who I think got the short end of the stick yes. from the suit, because he's basically... He's based on an oni, like yeah. a Japanese demon. Right. He just uh-huh. has a kind of goofy-looking suit. Yeah, I right. think, like, if you tried to recreate him with, you know, CGI or, you know, like a manga artist, I think he'd yeah. look really cool. Yeah. could look he, intimidating. Yeah, yeah. the suit's, suit's a little cheap-looking. Right. It's, a little, it's on the cheap side. Um, and then, so, he Godzilla, I guess, teaches him a lesson about standing up to bullies, and then... He uh, gets in trouble with the Yakuza, and then... <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and then it ends. Uh, I don't know. It's strange. Oh, that's not the strangest Godzilla gets, though. Yeah. Next couple movies. And, and that's supposed to be it. Um, and then uh, then the 70s happened. Oh, boy. <laughs> and we have ourselves Godzilla versus the Smog Monster, which is one of my all-time favorites. I love this movie so much it's so weird um they you could tell the people try making it or trying to get back into like the real death and destruction of the first movie because people do die and you see them die yeah gruesomely Um, yeah very gruesome deaths like like skin dissolving turning into skeletons um it's dirty. It's gross. Like the smog monster. Like the slop goes everywhere. Oh, that poor cat. Yeah, oh, the cat. No. Yeah, they actually. Yeah. Oh, I remember that. Yeah, that's pretty. Uh, if you're a cat lover, don't watch Godzilla uh, vs. the Smog Monster. Um, yeah. There's animation in it to like explain who uh, this thing is, and you see the you see the smog monster like develop from a tadpole. Like he metamorphosizes. You know. And eventually turns into, like, this big, like, walking pile of goo. But um, there's an environmental message. There's a psychedelic scene with people wearing fish masks. 
Man, oh yeah, man. Yeah, the fish mask rave. Yeah, uh-huh. It's such a trippy movie. It's so weird. Um I I really love it. It's it's bonkers. I, I love my <laughs> I love my weirdo films and uh it this was made by a true auteur. This is a true <laughs> <laughs> Someone had true authorship over this movie. Who who directed that one? Was that June Fukuda? No, it no, was no, uh, no, Yoshimitsu no. Bano, right? Yes. Yes. And the producer at Toho, when he saw it, he was so incensed at this movie. It's like, <laughs> You've ruined Godzilla. You've ruined this movie you've ruined this franchise. And uh Is that yeah. Adrian Subaraya? Uh, no, Super Aya was dead by this point. He had died okay. in 69, I think, or 71, sometime very uh, right around then. No, this is one of the producers at Toho. Like, he was so furious with the movie. He hated it. Yeah. Um, it did okay. I mean, you know, it made I, money. Ironically, Bono would then go on to be an executive producer for the Monsterverse films before he yeah. passed away. Yeah. I, he directed Terror of Mechagodzilla. No, he did No, wait, no, no, that was Honda. Yes. Who he had something to do with Terror Mechagodzilla, or was that Godzilla vs. Mechagodzilla? He had something to do with one well, of those no. John Fukuda came back for Godzilla vs. Gigan, Megalon, and the first Godzilla vs. Mechagodzilla. Okay. Honda came back for Terror Mechagodzilla. I don't think Bono did anything else then. No, okay. Until I the Monsterverse movies, I I know the only one he directed was Godzilla vs. the Smog Monster. Yeah, which is what he was known for then, obviously. And then, yeah. for whatever reason, he, he, he was able to get a spot as an executive producer for these MonsterVerse films, which yeah. is just kind of ironic considering he only directed one movie, and it's such a polarizing movie. Yeah. Although yeah. you know, perhaps you could argue such a memorable one. Oh, it's so memorable! I just for yeah. good or bad reasons, whatever you make of them. Oh, oh, oh! And Godzilla flies in it. Oh, he yes. Uses his atomic breath, and he curls up in a little ball, and he flies away. <laughs> Oh good god. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's uh Even yeah. on the DVD, like when you select the the chapter for yeah. that scene, they title it something you don't see every day. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> uh, Just full on we don't know what to make of this either. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh boy oh boy, I do love that one. That's um, wild. I mean what are those orbs that he pulls out of him? Like are I they thought they were eggs. I thought I thought they were supposed to be eyeballs, but then you see his eyes. Yeah, are they eggs? I think they're eggs. I think he punches in there and zaps the eggs so there aren't any more. Honestly, that movie is like the David Lynch film of Godzilla movies. <laughs> <laughs> it really is. Like if it's so bizarre. I mean, that's why like there's so many tracks to go. Like if you want to get into Godzilla, there's so many, like depending on what your tastes are like in that james rolfe video you were telling me about aaron right like depending on what your tastes in films are i could give you a list of godzilla movies that you could watch yeah yeah that would match that um and boy oh boy if you like uh weirdo 70s psychedelic movies smog monster it's great there you go kind yep. of um but from there you have uh Gigan. Uh, which also has just shameless stock footage yes oh, it God, does yeah yeah there's mo- there's scenes in there like with godzilla and Ghidorah fighting where like that are from Gijo the three-headed monster yes <laughs> and destroy yes. monster too well it's great because the scenes that are brand new are very obviously set at night and then all of the stock footage is set in the you know middle of the day right so you go yeah. from day to night at the you know in the you know snap of a finger Ugh. it's just ridiculous Ghidorah's heads don't move. He's like static yeah. when he's flying. 
I remember yeah. Yeah, oh. the suit is just so stiff at that time in um at the at that point godzilla's suit had been used for like four movies in a row and he received so much damage from the the smog monster filming you could see parts of the suit fly off as he's moving around fighting kaigen yeah (laughs) it's nuts which is sad because gaigen's like a really cool looking monster he is yeah so yeah he's he's just out there man like he has that weird visor for eyes and a beak and a horn that curls up over his head and, He's about the only thing that saves that movie. Yes, <laughs> yes, and the hook hands and the buzzsaw on his chest. One yeah. of the most unique kaiju, definitely. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, and I mean, there are other kaiju out there who are weird looking, but I don't know. Gigans is weird, but it, but it comes together. Yeah, it looks like it all belongs. That's one where they start introducing, like violence in the monster fights really oh, like, like blood right. they yeah. bleed yeah and yeah. Subaraya was like not down for violence of that nature right. in those movies right you know absolutely i mean and you notice japan uh it seems like japanese cinema has an easier time with blood than than even we do which is weird because you think <laughs> of like us as like craving uh, a violence craving culture but right. um, in Japan, it was just so much more of a normal thing. I mean, even Ultraman, which aired on weekday television in Japan, you know, monsters bled, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, Gigan really is, it's it's Ultraman, but instead of Ultraman, it got, it's Godzilla. <laughs> Honestly, at this point, like, Godzilla's just defender of the Earth. Right. It's it's a given that he's a good guy, you know. It's not even has to be explained. He's just a good guy. Right. Oh, and this is the movie where Godzilla and Anguirus talk to each other. Something funny going on. You better jack. Oh, yeah. um, in English, at least if you're watching the American version. If you're watching the Japanese version, it's word balloons. But, uh, yeah. Yep. Hey, Anguirus, what's going on? You better jack. You better check. It's so strange. <laughs> then they talk as they're swimming toward yes. Japan. Yeah, and I don't. I don't remember what their dialogue is there. Just the fact that they have any dialogue is still ridiculous. It is absurd. <laughs> it's completely absurd. And it has like this warble in the background that has to like have you. Ex- it's like explained to you. It's like oh, we're translating it through a machine. Yeah, <laughs> and that's why it sounds that way. Uh, it's um, who the heck knows? <laughs> I don't know. And then I think after that you have Megalon, which is a ver which is of a very similar cloth. Yeah. You know, it's uh really cool monster, ridiculous movie. Yeah, ridiculous movie. Jet Jaguar, who is your Ursat's uh Ultraman. Right. And, and to the point where he even grows in size. He's a robot that starts out small and grows in size. Like it's it's just Ultraman. <laughs> And is is that one of those contests that they held? It absolutely is. Wait, what do you mean? Okay. Uh, Toho held a contest for a monster design. No, okay. Yeah, and, and that's Jet, how Jet Jaguar. Jet was Jaguar made? came out of that. I uh-huh. never knew that either. Yeah. <laughs> um, some kid came up with it, and there you go. They did um, that a few times throughout the series. They did. Biolante was one too. Right. Well, yeah. the whole script was really. Yeah, I didn't was, know that. They did a, a a contest to write a script for a Godzilla movie, and I think it was like a dentist. Yeah. Who wrote the script just on his free time? And well, it, I knew the dentist did the did the monster. I didn't realize he wrote the script. I'm pretty That's sure really they wrote impressive. the script. Yeah. Um, mm. 
But that's Heisei era. We're not right. talking about that. No, no. We're well, they couple... did that with Terra of Mechagodzilla with Titanosaurus. Oh, really? I didn't know Titanosaurus yeah. was a contest winner. I think that I was watching. I was watching Terra of Mechagodzilla last night, and we were. Well, should I get to that point yet? Sure. I, I mean, we're kind it? of bouncing around anyway. It's the seventies. Who cares? Um, I, mean, I guess Terra of Mechagodzilla. Terra of Mechagodzilla was like one of the only ones that was where the script was written by a woman i think yeah i read that ah, interesting yeah i read that i think it's the only one wow oh boy <laughs> <laughs> so godzilla godzilla's wanting a little bit female representation i yeah. mean yeah yeah <laughs> and it, well it's like that's also one of the few movies at that time uh, perhaps where there's a you know very prominent female female character too in the plot. Yeah, I that's feel true. Like. I mean, they, because yeah. there were there were female characters in other films leading up to that, but they were nowhere near as central as Katsura is to the plot. Except for yeah. maybe the Mars princess, right? But even then, but, like she still like faints at the sign of danger. Yeah, you know? they feel more like uh, she's not character. Act- de- they feel more like plot devices. Yeah, than... yeah, she's not an active player right. so much, except for like when she prophecies. That's right. about it. Um, Interesting. Yeah, yeah. I love those two Mechagodzilla movies. I do too. Both of them are really good. Oh, uh, it should be said about. Uh, does Megalon have a song in it? There definitely no. is a song I think that plays at the end. I could not tell. Oh you well, what. the Jet Jagger. Yes, Jet Jagger. <laughs> Something like that. Um, yeah, it's at the end when they're all walking away after the yeah the, the battle. Yeah, so this is the era where the music starts to get goofier. Because um, everything else was Akira Ifukube didn't have as much to do with these movies. I'm assuming aside from the themes <laughs> no. previously written, anyways. And yeah, so you, you get the goofy music. You get the Jet Jaguar theme at the end of Megalon. Um, Godzilla vs. Mechagodzilla has the King Caesar song. Yes. Um, earlier, much earlier, there was the words get stuck in my throat for the War of the Gargantuas. You know what? Oh, yeah. Words get stuck in my throat. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I don't know that. It's uh, War of the Gargantuas is great. Um, yeah, that's a good one. Recommended. Mm-hmm. It's uh, like if kaiju they didn't have the big bulky suits, what would the fighting look like? And it looks like that, mm. and it's great. Yeah, no, it really is. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah, the music starts to falter in these movies. I like Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla, the Me, first yeah. one. I like that one a lot. King Gears I, is in it. Yes. Well, yeah. unfortunately, <laughs> it's fine. He he, he's t- fine. he he does the job. He uh... yeah. He gets beat up pretty bad. Pretty bad. He gets uh, he gets beat up really bad. He puts Mecha Godzilla over really well. Yes, he does. Ooh, ooh good wrestling. <laughs> More terminology. wrestling references. Yeah, I like it. I like it. But uh, I love King Caesar. Then he's one of my favorite kaiju. That big old hairy sob. <laughs> um, and I, s- I wish they utilized him more. Me right. too. Me I know too. I, he doesn't come back until Final Wars. Then for the movie, does movies do unfortunate something with his eyes. Yeah, he's right. able to reflect Mechagodzilla's beams yes. back at him. That's right. That's right. So if there's any sort of beam that happens to hit his face right in that spot, then he's uh, useful. Okay, great. <laughs> doesn't hey, doesn't he, happen often. He doesn't. He he can do like a judo throw too and stuff, and he's that's able. True, he does that's some karate true. stuff. He's 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 cool. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. He um he was used pretty often in the recent comic book run by idw 
in which, one of which one it was godzilla rulers of earth which oh, was like the longest one it was yet. written by it was sorry drawn by matt frank okay um but he's he he's in there a lot and he does some really cool stuff he fights oh, cool. Mega, he fights megalon in the past like like in feudal japan era then he fights huh. Batara in the modern age he's like he's one of the key kaiju oh, in that story and it was so book. cool and it was so cool because i love king caesar and it's yeah. unfortunately he wasn't used you know between any movies up until mm. final wars yeah and even then, like, is it is it just lip service at that point? Right. You know. Um, Although, I mean, his his kick on Angiris in Final Wars is amazing. I haven't I haven't seen it. I oh, that's right. Yeah. I'm, so, I'm uh, sorry. I'm, I'm not trying to spoil I, it. I'm I'm going to see it. Uh, <laughs> folks were doing this in two parts. And I'm going to see. Uh, I'm going to see Final Wars in the interim, between. I'm going to see that one. I'm going to see Tokyo SOS, and I'm going to see. Um, Oh, I don't know. Godzilla, Mothra, Battle for Earth. Because I gotta watch one Heisei movie. Why not? Um, so why not? But uh, yeah, I mean, but they are like definitely still getting cheaper. Like even though like I like some of these movies, these yeah, movies, these like, they're on. definitely getting cheaper. Mm-hmm. Uh, Terra Mecha Godzilla is like they tried. <laughs> they really like Honda came back. He really wanted to bring some gravitas back to the Godzilla series. Yeah, like but... the, the blatant camp is no longer really there. It is just no. because of the just because of the nature of the movie, but yeah, it, and... they were trying to tell a serious story there. And he just didn't get the budget he deserved. Obviously either. Not, no. Like he like it's very clear that Toho knows that the reputation of Godzilla at this point is no longer the, you know, walking atom bomb metaphor. He's hero to kids. I mean, he he just became like a better budgeted Gamera, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it was just uh, Honda couldn't fight against that. You know, he couldn't make it more serious. He tried with like Titanosaurus, but it it, it didn't really fit the bill and. Godzilla does have a pretty awesome entrance in that movie. Yes, he does. That's probably the best one up until the 2014 one. Yeah, definitely, definitely that one. And Terror of Mechagodzilla? Yeah, I love his entrance in that movie. Yes, I I had forgotten. Uh, He, like, Titanosaurus is, like, wrecking everything, right? And then, uh, like, you see him get hit with, like, the blue atomic ray. Yep. And then it pans over... And Godzilla kind of comes into the light, a la Beauty and the Beast, <laughs> and, <laughs> and it's, it's, but it's, it's a lot cooler than Beauty and the Beast. The yeah. lightning flashes, his you know, the iconic music starts playing. Yeah. It's so yeah. cool. Yeah. Um, and I think Akira Ifukube scored that one. Did yeah. Not? There's yeah. a lot of uh, you could like even. Just the score of the movie is so much more grounded. Yeah. Yes, it's then. it's the best score that Godzilla had had in some time. Yep, right, um, and it shows. Uh, the, the previous movie was very like jazzy. I mean, yeah, it, it, was. it begins with the, a super happy tune with like flute, and yes. they're just driving, and it's just <laughs> it yes. just doesn't fit at all. No, 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 no. Um, yeah, it's much more upbeat uh-huh. than Terra Mechagodzilla was. Yeah. Well, well, Aaron, what, what can you tell us about Akira Ifukube while while we're while we're talking about music? I don't know. I mean, like his, I mean, he's created a lot of like really iconic 
tracks in the series. Um, going back to those movies, though, it's it's never anything super energetic. It's always very. It's it's like he kind of never moved on from the first movie. Hmm. Like it's all it's always like super somber. Um, until until you get to the music that he wrote for the Heisei series, mm-hmm. it's always there's not really a lot of syncopation. It's always these kind of plotting lines that stay on one and three and don't deviate very much from that, uh, which is why it's so jarring when you get to like Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla with the kind of jazzy yeah mm-hmm. uh, tunes and. Um, or or even in like Smog Monster when Godzilla shows up and it's <laughs> and then you get like the trumpet trill and you're just like what what is it? what are we doing here <laughs> yeah exactly yeah, yeah um, but you can start to hear I mean I don't know well I guess the Heisei series we'll talk about later yeah the you thinking especially the the King Ghidorah theme the yeah yeah yeah. 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 Uh yeah, but but even then, that still has like the, bum 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 bum, yeah, um, yeah. He definitely knew how to, uh, like make the music feel big. Yeah, he he loved his um, his timpanis too, or not? Timpani, yeah, yeah, just like those big, big, big booming, uh, heavy bass oriented drums. Right. Uh, to I guess to signify the, the, the feet stomping, you know. Um He but, created the Godzilla Roar too. Yep. He was mm-hmm. the one who created it. With uh the rubber glove. Rubber glove and the and the down tuned cello. I think he uh that I think that's what he did. Like he tuned it like way, 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 way down to make the, the string like super loose. Mm-hmm. And then didn't you use some kind of like pine resin or something yeah, on it too? On the on the glove itself. Right. And I, I don't know what leads you to try that. Uh, yeah. Like, I, I don't know what your thought process is. It's like, what if we uh, <laughs> used a glove on it? <laughs> like, I'm sure he probably thought like, well, I use a bow. What else could I rub against this to get a different tone? Mm-hmm. But rubber yeah. glove, like. Well, well, he did. I mean, he did have. Uh, apparently, like his his first passion was like concert music you know concert Mm -hmm. classical music and he wrote symphonies and he won some national award in japan that was um one of the guys who judged it was a guy who wrote a lot of classical saxophone pieces uh jacques jacques hebert um probably a lot of people wouldn't know that because most classical saxophone is music written for saxophonists but um yeah, so that that was like his first love was like the at like the classical concert area. Um, shoot, where was it going with this? What were we talking about before? About his style, about how it kind of led to to what he does about the monster roars. Oh um, yeah, so um, I'm about to work uh, work John Cage into this. So <laughs> <laughs> thanks. So I mean, by that time, John Cage was putting nails and rubber bands and stuff in pianos mm. and uh you know uh he, and he wrote pieces that required that yeah you know so i think that uh, that kind of like open-mindedness that was going on mm. in 
music at the time, coupled with, you know, the fact that he's working on a film, you know, so there's all sorts of unconventional things that you already have to do. I think it makes sense that he would think of doing that. Wow. That's something I never would have thought of in that way. So, yeah. So, so he was in that community at, at the time, like, that, what, 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 was John Cage I don't, contemporaries I don't know. in Ifukubei or um, Say that again? Was was John Cage uh, contemporaries with Ifukubei? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it stands to reason that he probably would have time. known about him, what he yeah, was doing. Yeah, Ifukubei died in '93. No, 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 okay. no. He died in 2006, but Cage only died like 10 years before. So yeah. Wow. Huh. I I never would have thought of that direction with it. That's, I mean, and I'm kind of like, I'm kind of speculating a little bit, but well, sure. But the fact is, like, he was in that world and he was a part of it. I mean, not necessarily yeah. like experimental, but certainly like, you know, serious uh, symphonic music and right. serious philharmonic music. So he, he, you probably, you probably would have at least had an ear to the ground for something like that, or would have heard would through like so. a friend or a colleague about those ideas. I would you think know? so. I think Cage had been to Japan at that point. Hmm. So, yeah. Wow. Wow. Man, I'm going to have you on more often for this kind of stuff. <laughs> You're going to put puzzle pieces together. Well, hopefully I don't get off of recording this podcast and find out I just lied to you. But I don't <laughs> well, think I, I, don't think okay, I okay, we'll preface this and say it's a theory. It's a theory. It's, it's a speculation. Um. But but it's good speculation. I mean, you know, it's based off of what we know. So, right, um, educated speculation. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, after Terror of Godzilla, Terror Mecha Godzilla, or Terror of Godzilla, as it was known, right, uh, in the theater, which is another weird thing. Wasn't um, it Terror of Godzilla in Japan and in America? It was Terror of Mecha Godzilla. Okay. Or do I have that? Fl- oh God. Okay. What did I just do? So in Japan, <laughs> it was called Mechagodzilla's Counterattack. Okay. Yeah, I do vaguely remember that. Uh, Henry Saperstein bought it for the states for releasing it. Oh, I'm not. I'm sorry. Henry Saperstein bought the TV rights. Bob Cohn bought the movie rights for theater rights. Bob Cohn for the theaters cuts out. Um, like a bunch of the gore scenes and stuff and he releases it as terror of godzilla which Uh the poster is behind me um and uh at the very same time henry saperstein releases it uncut on television (laughs) yeah it's it's i don't know why it's weird well now hold on when you say uncut is that also with the the scene of Katsura where Oh, she's... I'm sorry. No, okay. it is missing that. Both, right. both American I was like, versions are... Because there's no way that yeah. could have made it on American no. cable at the no, time. No, that, that's right. No, both versions are missing that. But but otherwise, the Saperstein TV cut was was perf- was Right, intact. okay. Uh, th- yeah. What the heck? I don't know. Uh, and it was released through Cinema Shares International. Cinema Shares was doing most of these '70s movies in in the United States, and these, you know, and they were going to like grindhouses, right, and uh, second run theaters, you know, um, sometimes in like triple bills. There's a great old uh, trailer 
for um, Godzilla movies from the 70s. It's like all in one big monster show, Godzilla on Monster Island, Godzilla versus Megalon. And uh, I don't remember what the other one was, like Son of Godzilla or something. And it was like all three of them. to No, Godzilla vs. Monster Zero. All three in one setting. And you just go and pay like a, a, a quarter. And yeah. you go see all of them. Um, which, by the way, quick aside. Yeah. I love the American trailers for that era of Godzilla movies. Yeah. Well, I love them. They're so bombastic. Oh like my every God. single tagline is just over enunciated. I love it. I mean, and my favorite of all of them is Godzilla King of the Monsters. It is hyperbole after hyperbole after hyperbole. Right. It's, um, let's see, what are some of them? One of them is just dynamic violence. Yes, I remember um, this wa- now. Watch as Godzilla burns Tokyo in a holocaust of flame. Um, oh my God, gosh. What are some other ones? Uh, it's like greater than anything ever written by Jules Verne. Jules Verne? Why? <laughs> Why are we mentioning Godzilla and Jules Verne in the same sentence? What a weird comparison. Um and, oh boy! I mean, let me think of what are some other well, ones. Rogue Savage H- action. Yes, it's con- it's just constant. I'm probably gonna play a clip of it in the break. I remember Rodan it's... was monster of monsters, big as a skyscraper. Yeah, right. Uh-huh. I remember that one. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh, they're just uh, yeah. Uh, I, 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 I believe King Kong versus Godzilla's tagline was "It's cataclysmic." Which is a oh great, boy. great tagline. That's uh, one word for it. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, more than one way. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, and one of them even, one of them is I, I found these uh, old radio spots for some of these movies. Um, notably, there's an alternative one for Godzilla King of the Monsters in which it is a little boy saying, hey, kids, come see Godzilla King of the Monsters. You're and you're just like, no, children, this is not for you. Like, wow, I don't think kids should watch this. Um, Godzilla King of the Monsters. Hey, kids, look what's coming to our theater. It's alive and it breathes fire. I gotta see that picture. It's, uh, yeah, it's the same thing, too, with uh, Gigantus. It's, it starts with, hey, kids, come see a great monster. You know, come see the fight to the death between Godzilla, or, I'm sorry, Gigantus and Aguilas. And, uh, oh, huh? man, they are all just, they're so wonderful in their own weird, terabad way. It's also um, an era where you're actually hearing movies advertised on radio. Right, which yes. you do not uh, get that anymore. No, no, no. There, There's um, there's radio spots for all of them. And they're great. They're campy. They're fun. Uh, look them up. They're all on YouTube. And I'll probably put a lot of them in the break just because there's there's so much fun. Perfect like, filler music. Yeah, there's, or there's, there's filler so much, audio. I mean, yeah, there's so, they're just so much fun. Like I don't, I, I don't want to deny that to anybody. <laughs> um, but yeah, to, uh, ter- I'm sorry. So anyway, Terramek Godzilla. Um, it ends with Godzilla wading into the waters. He's going into the sea and he's leaving us, probably for good. So we think. Probably not. <laughs> hey, hey! Don't give away the second part of this. Um. And yeah, I mean, we could go into the reasons why Godzilla faded away. Yeah, let's do that. We'll say why Godzilla faded away in the 70s, and then we'll lead to his rebirth. For we'll talk about that in the next part. There are two main reasons for this uh, in Japan. One of which is uh, Japan got a taste for a bit more sophisticated sci-fi films at this point. Um, the submersion of Japan is often brought up as sort of like the movie that sort of 
changed it. It was called Tidal Wave when it came to the States. And, uh, and, and that features some very impressive special effects. Um, also, uh, Japan was just importing more films. The Towering Inferno was, I believe, the highest grossing film in Japan in 1974. And that was like the first time that that a, a foreign-made film had made that much money in Japan. Mm-hmm. Um, weren't James Bond movies also proving pretty popular in Japan oh yeah around that time absolutely they were absolutely they were um, and so with that you know the money wasn't there anymore for Japanese productions and those were fading and not only that but if you really wanted to see giant monsters you could see them for free at home on Ultraman or Ultra 7 or Zone Fighter Zone Fighter <laughs> or um See Godzilla on Zone Fighters. There's there's one series I don't remember the name of it, but that has sort of more of an environmental bent to it, you know, or even like the Super Sentai mm-hmm. shows that were coming out. Like it was all just there for free. Like you didn't have to go out of your home and pay for a ticket. Anime was starting to pick up around that time. Yeah, there was just more competition, and Godzilla just uh, he had a good run. Yeah, he just <laughs> didn't fit in anymore. It, he had a good run. Fifteen movies at that point. Um, so Toho just put it to bed and just said, hey, you know what, we're, they, aren't, they aren't worth the trouble anymore. And uh, Godzilla went back into the sea. And in the States, you know, movies were just, I mean, sci-fi movies were getting more sophisticated all the time. You know, in 1977, we had Star Wars. That changed the game. Uh, we had a taste for more sophisticated special effects, and Godzilla just wasn't meeting that. I mean... Godzilla vs. Megalon uh, premiered in 1978 in the States. And just think about how old hat that must have looked at the time. Um, and the Godzilla movies, were these were all getting played on, you know, creature features on Saturday afternoon television. So they were all getting these uh, reputations as schlocky fare that you would watch when it was too hot to go outside, you know? <laughs> Midnight's on a Friday night. Midnight's on a Friday night. <laughs> yeah. You're watching uh, Sven Gulli or you're watching uh, Zachary or something. And you watch uh, Mothra, you know. it's And they just had that uh, opinion about it. And that's, that's, I mean, Godzilla was seen as schlocky up until very recently in the United States. Like even in 98, it was still seen as a very schlocky thing. So with that, it just wasn't. It wasn't deep worthwhile anymore, and they didn't make them. So we leave you then with Godzilla's apparent death. Will he return? I don't know. Tune in next time to the Memory Machine and find out the end? Question mark. Um, to... <laughs> oh no. <laughs> oh yes, Aaron. <laughs> um, so we leave you with that. We'll be back next time with perhaps some more Godzilla stuff. Um, guys, we've got to go big or go home on this. You know, we're getting Godzilla King of the Monsters, a different movie titled that. <laughs> it's looking big. It's looking good. We're all very excited. Aaron's probably disappointed he get, didn't get to talk about it at all this entire <laughs> it's time. True. It's true. I'm dying. Yep. Right too bad. You'll have to wait till next time. You, you know, it, 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 Godzilla deserves multiple podcasts, you know? I, indeed. It's just Agreed. too big. I love it too much. Jeff mm-hmm. loves it too much. Aaron loves it yeah. too much to contain it to, mm-hmm. to one podcast. Too hard. We 
we had a hard enough time keeping. What, what what's the time count on this right now? Uh, we got two forty. Two forty. Granted, it won't be that long once we cut this down and edit yeah, it. But God forbid it turn out <laughs> to be that long. Yeah. So anyway, we'll be back. I'm Nate Lockhart. I've been your host. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Nate underscore Lockhart. I'll tweet about Godzilla. I'll tweet about how awful the world is. I'll tweet about um, uh, weird old stuff. You know, Simpsons quotes. Wouldn't expect anything less from you. There you go. Um, yeah, so if you like that, see my Twitter. Um, uh, I'm on Instagram. I don't do much on Instagram, but I'm there. Nathaniel, I-E-L, dot Lockhart. That's uh, my Instagram handle. Clever, I know. Um, yeah. Jeff, where can we find you? I'm on Twitter at Jeffrey Pavs, Instagram, Jeff Pavlock. You can find me posting or tweeting about Nintendo, pro wrestling, kaiju, hockey, baseball, mm-hmm. go Yankees, mm-hmm. Red Sox. I hope you bottom out this year. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. It's fine. Uh, Cleveland Indians fan over here. Eh, eh, well, yeah. is what it is. <laughs> Uh, I'm a very passive Cleveland Indians fan. <laughs> to sort of look at box scores. Um, yeah, Aaron, what do you got to plug? My Instagram is Banjo Phony. Banjo P H Oni, right? That's correct. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes I post pictures of myself. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Or my travels. That's or good. sometimes I have videos with like experimental music behind it because that's fun to do mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um that's you, it do you have any of your music online oh man <laughs> put me on the spot right now <laughs> well, well i want if people want to see it over here i want them to i want to direct them to the right place all right i want to be a good on, big brother all right it's on soundcloud Okay. But I have to pull it up, so let's just have some silence for Vamp. a second so they can cut this out. Um, okay. Um, all right. If you look up Aaron C. Lockhart on SoundCloud. There you go. You see some. Of, you get to listen to some of Aaron's uh, Aaron's <laughs> music. So yeah, that's uh, that's that's uh, let's call it a podcast, eh? Yay! We did it. We did part we one. Did <laughs> That's all right. We're, we're going to do it. We're going to do this. We're going to power through. Part two, coming at you uh, in a couple weeks. We love you. Bye. <laughs> You're great at ending podcasts. <laughs> Thank you. We have cobalt. It's full of mercury. Too many fumes in our oxygen. All the smart now is choking you and me. Good Lord, where is it going to end? Got to get it.
Sailor, save the earth. 